internet it's sunday the 17th of december it's a podcast and as you won't be able to tell by the fact that i'm saying things dan is not here <laughs> well not physically also here he just doesn't exist in any segment of this podcast instead i mean I'm rob's here so there's that but instead of dan hi instead of dan we've also got kivers hello 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 it's been so long it's it has <laughs> I don't remember when the last time it was in our podcast was. What, was it well over a year ago? Was it the one with Jammy in it as well? Jammy was in it. There was one with Jammy in. Well. And he tried to make a talk about <laughs> God. Is, yeah, the thing yeah. is, all I remember is he talked about Call of Duty, which tells you absolutely nothing about when that podcast was. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> or what year? Well, it must have been Black Ops 3, I would have thought. Maybe. You would have thought. Like, which, which, like, could I didn't have even buy been the one before. Could... I didn't buy the one after that. Ah, sure. Yeah, you might be right. But then but then it could have also just been Advanced Warfare, or it could have been... Well, yeah. But that would have been like four, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's probably not been that long. But then it has, because we've gone over the footage in the... We've gone over the footage! Yeah. <laughs> not footage at all. And we're several years behind doing the outtake reel. <laughs> yes. Did you upload one of those yet, by the way? God, no. Yeah, well, good. We've actually got one waiting to be uploaded at this point. Yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> at least one. We might have two. Quite possibly. Yeah. That'll be our Christmas upload, oh, yeah, I guess. yeah, that'll be the specials. Special podcast content. Because yeah. as it turns out, this is going to be the last podcast before Game of the Year, I guess. Mm. <laughs> and indeed. Because awards have started happening early, as they do. Well, not that early. I mean, it's mid-December. <laughs> it's not about as late year, as you yeah. can leave it, really. It's not the end of the year, though. Yeah, but people want to actually be able to like go home at Christmas. <laughs> Unlike us, who don't have anything better to do, really. Plus, there isn't really anything coming out anymore. I suppose. <laughs> well, apart from, you know, PUBG. Well, yeah, but that's already out on PC. Yeah, but the, the official well, version... Yeah, is it, though? But isn't, haven't they said like the version 1 release will, will be the launch of the map, new map? Um, like, they've... fairly significant updates. And, and maybe vaulting. Well, you can, st- you can do that already in, oh, the test, what... in the test server. Yeah. But like maybe that will make it to the 1.0. Well, they always always said that they they were like planning on coming out this year. And mm. like we always thought it was like, nah, they're not actually going to manage that, are they? <laughs> and if they do at this point, it will be like a completely token gesture where we'll just yeah. be like, yeah, we just slap 1.0 on the version number and that's it. <laughs> Isn't it like is it out already now, or is it like in a couple of days? It's, on, it's, like, it's out on Xbox now. Oh, but yeah, but it's in preview program on Xbox. Yeah, same as PC. Yeah, yeah so it's not strictly out. Out. It's not going to be. I don't think for a while because the game is so bad. Still, yeah. You, you, is that, is that, that your professional the, opinion that it's so bad? I well, hear that the, the Xbox regular version is real terrible. Well, like the game itself is fine. It's just like the graphics, the optimizations, and right, it's just right. well, the graphics aren't going to get better because it's no, no, basically an alpha free one. I, I did read you can get at the PC options menu. Like, it's still in the, oh, Xbox and the Xbox version one. of the code. Is yeah, it? so you can tinker around with it. Oh, so you can make it run cool. even worse by turning things up. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Xbox One X version is actually meant to be not bad. I don't, I don't think there's... Well, given the power of that thing, I would be surprised if they weren't, you know, hitting targets on that, if they weren't just doing the PC version at 60 well, it doesn't run at 60 on Xbox One X. On, on the X? No, because it's CPU bound. It's got the same CPU oh. as the Xbox One. Oh, they only they only went GPU crazy yeah. on. Oh, I did not know that. 
I thought it was a straight upgrade across the board. No, it's got a slightly overclocked CPU, I think. But other hmm. than that, it's just just same CPU. just raw GPU. And maybe they didn't want the two Xbox versions to run at different frame rates just from like balance. Yeah, that I guess. And <laughs> obviously the games still run on both consoles, so that makes it a lot easier. Where if the CPUs are the same, I imagine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. There are probably a fewer compatibility issues if the X is running a game that isn't tuned for X. Mm. You know what I mean? Also, maybe they just couldn't be bothered to tune for X. <laughs> maybe they're like, damn it, Microsoft, we said we were going to come out on your platform, then you made this whole new console, and we can't be bothered to deal with that, so fine. <laughs> so I accidentally jumped right into it. This is a podcast about video games. I guess. I mean, do you want me to go back to a very brief bit of kitchen bitching? Because I've got a typically... The, the, the never-ending story of the kettle <laughs> continues. Oh, God. And how no, how no kettle satisfies Zach, no. unless it's the cheapest possible plastic cylindrical tube. Well, maybe. We've, I've yet to see one of those in like a kitchen environment to see how that actually turns out. <laughs> that isn't running distilled water, also a key point. <laughs> well... I've seen kettles like like when I'm you know in university shared kitchens. You tend to get shitty kettles like that, and it's like those seem fine, but that's not in like your house. I guess you're not exposed to that noise constantly. Apparently, I didn't drink hot drinks when I was at uni, so I have no recollection of a shared kettle <laughs> yes, experience. You, you, you didn't drink the hot drinks at all for years. So, no, like that hasn't been a problem for you until recently. It's all Naomi's fault. <laughs> but so yeah. I started burning jewels of energy to. Water. <laughs> to eat water. But yeah, it's like, what would you do if you'd purchased a kettle that was bad in some way? It's like, do you just live with it or do you do what has now happened and devolve into hot kettle mods and life hacks? <laughs> hot, hot kettle mods? What are these, like what, tea cozies for kettles? First of all, what, what defines a bad kettle? It's hell loud, is basically the main problem with this one. <laughs> if it doesn't make the kettle bad, surely. Well, it. <laughs> At a certain point, a kettle that causes water to boil is technically not a bad kettle. Yeah, <laughs> it has done the job you paid for it to do. Yeah, but that's not how this works. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stay out of that then. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. I, sp- I suppose if if, if Zach. Zach is probably the one person that I really want to, him to do like a what kettle review or something like that. Should <laughs> yeah. he be the one person to give star ratings to kettles? The witch kettle review. Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> Precision kettle engineering. But yeah, so now we've decided apparently to mod this kettle, which is because apparently who mods a kettle? Theoretically, the <laughs> one. Of the- <laughs> Just got images of them like going all underground on it, putting like a neon, neon yeah, rim neon, around exactly. the bottom. It's close, but not quite. <laughs> Because, like, theoretically... If you put a horn on it so when it's done, it goes... <laughs> that would be an awesome kettle one. <laughs> but, uh, theoretically, the problem is that because it's quite loose on its stand, when it boils, it rattles around, which makes it noisier. Oh, okay, the rattle, I can understand, being a prop. That's a sign of a bad Supposedly, although yeah. I don't think it actually... Well, because of this mod and how it turned out, I don't think it's actually that that's causing most of the noise. But the mod was to cut up a kitchen glove into a circle and mount it on the bottom base plate as, like, an extra layer of dampening between the kettle and the base. So when it wobbles, it doesn't rattle as hard against plastic. Wait, so you went and bought another glove? And... Well, no, it was old kitchen glove Okay, that was left over. So it's just like, you might as well cut that up and shove it in there. And that's the kettle mods. And it's just like, it helps, but it doesn't help that much. <laughs> it's not like a, we're not talking like a marigold. We are talking like a... I mean, like, you know, like a, a, a it could have been a marigold. marigold. It, like, it's a rubber glove of some description. Oh, so it is a rubber glove. Oh, okay. I, I assumed you'd use like a, like a um, set of mitts. 
like a like a cut up bit of mitt. So like you've got so a, like, lot, a lot of padding. Yeah, a lot of padding there. Well, the trouble is that it might be too thick to actually like seat it correctly on the contacts. I guess. I guess yeah. at a certain point, it's like how much can you get away with? So yeah, I think it helped, but maybe not that much. And I'm just like, this is still bad hell. <laughs> and like making terrible mods to it isn't really like that's just making it technically worse. <laughs> In some ways, where you're forcing bad design to be even worse by adding your own bad design. Because <laughs> you have problems with spouts as well. What would your ideal spout mod be? I don't know. That's a difficult. Like that's a difficult question of physics. That is very like, like what is the actual best shape for a spout? You'd have to do all kinds of weird physics tests on that kind of thing. I suppose it depends how you personally pour. Right? Are you an aggressive pourer? Or do you like to just dribble it out and not have the dribbles run down the sides of the kettle? Yeah, that that's that's maybe a, that's one side of, de- of def- definitely bad design, where, it, where the water runs back along the edge of the spout. That the razor just... spout plus plus max edition with the, for the most aggressive pour. You want your coffee fast? We've got the spout for you. Why not a water injector? You press the button. <laughs> <laughs> Just pressurized, yeah. instantly fill the cup, but maybe shoots the <laughs> contents of the cup out everywhere. Yeah, you need specialized cups with lids, like, and you just put the little injector yeah. in the top in a perfectly fitted thing. <laughs> perfectly just... fitted hole, it just goes zoop and fills yeah. up. <laughs> you, have to, you have to tell the machine, like, I need, I need, I need about three quarters of a cup for this because the other quarter has got like tea bag in it or something. Just go, yeah. That would be the problem. Like, if you that would you wouldn't really be able to put milk in first in that situation because if it had a preset amount, it would overfill it. But then technically, aren't kettles sort of like if you if you wanted that, is it isn't a kettle not the best? Do you want one of those like um what are they called? Like you can get like heatery things that like heat as the water comes through it. Yeah, like, what they've got yeah. a name, haven't they? Like they're not they're not keeping hot water. They just the sort instant of hot, hot. Yeah, hot on demand. Do you know what it's called now? A hot tap. A hot tap, okay. <laughs> Amazing branding. Because I know there's that there's that one you can get for your house, or a cooker or something, isn't it? Where it's, there's, there's like one that's got like a kettle tap built the, into it. The question about those is like, do they actually get to boiling though? Because I feel like a lot of those are meant to be just for hot. Water. Yeah, yeah, they're like, they're like coffee temperature. Yeah. They're not like tea temperature generally. Because obviously boiling water has its own whole physical problems of boiling. So. <laughs> Difficult design problems that haven't been solved because we're too too hooked into just having a big metal plate and putting water on it until it, until it gets hot. That's how kettles work. I wonder what credentials you need to sign up to become the witch kettle reviewer. Like, have we just found you a job? <laughs> I don't think. Well, no, because I'm sure that kind of thing requires you to like. Well, it depends, I mean, you've got, it to, depends you've got to have how, a writing portfolio for sure. Well, right? sure. Yeah. I mean, it probably depends on like how qualitative your reviews are going to be. Because it's like if you're talking about like actual design, like you have to know like or like ergonomics or whatever. You actually kind of have to know design principles for that. I'm sure to actually have a really detailed review. I mean, do you? I don't know if I've ever read a review that talks about the exact principle of a thing and goes like. And goes like, well, this is bad because it doesn't follow Stan's ergonomic <laughs> well, sure guide to curves. I'm sure they wouldn't directly reference the standards or whatever. Yeah, They'd probably just say that it's bad because of... They'd yeah, say it's bad because of ergonomics, but you don't know whether that's... You know, like, how how much knowledge do they have about ergonomics? I think <laughs> they just like, 
Uh, perhaps ergonomics isn't the right thing to be talking about because ergonomics is just does it feel nice, right? Is it, is it actually comfortable? But that is a whole hand? situation. Like your yeah. house is ergonomically bad because your light switches are behind doors. Well, <laughs> that's a situation of ergonomics being badly designed. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can agree <laughs> with that. Well, not all of them, no. Just but, some, but of, some them. of them. Yeah. The fact that some of them are. I mean, and, you know, we've discussed your front, your living room's door situation before, but the fact yeah, that it's a and, double and it, door is just a bad the, design in the, itself. The, well, the double door's not so bad. It's the double door in combination with the, the windows and the, the fact that no one wall is the right sort of length. <laughs> Every wall has some obstacle attached yeah. to it, apart from that one. Which is the only wall where we could put bookcases, because it's the only one big enough to put bookcases on, yeah. So, <laughs> so your house is just ergonomically bad, basically. <laughs> As modern houses tend to be. You're not wrong. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're, they're too complicated. So anyway, uh, back to video games. I guess <laughs> let's move on from dumb random bullshit. Kettlegate. Yep. Kettlegate. Well, the kettlegate never ends. Well, I, I, there'll be a long period of nothing happening at this point unless this kettle suddenly develops an even worse fault somehow. I feel like we need to throw some sort of party if we ever find a kettle Zach approves of. How many kettles have you used? <laughs> What, in the recent memory? No, yes. Yeah. Like, ever. Like, What's your, no, I want to know your full kettle history. Like, what is your, the, like we're, doing, we're doing this witch interview here. Like, like, like so how would, what rates are good? Like, what's like, the, what's the benchmark you've kettle? ever had? <laughs> well, no, like, I wouldn't remember it if it was good. That's, it's the classic problem where, it's like, you don't remember something unless it's actually, like, causing you a problem. And then, you, then it becomes a problem and then you recognise it. When a good kettle is good, it's just like, oh, it's just a kettle. <laughs> You're not thinking about it. This is your calling in life <laughs> to to teach us. I mean, recently, as I as I've told on the podcast, we've had kettle experiments because of my mum working at a charity shop. Occasionally, kettles appear, and it's like, let's bring those home and see if they were any, those are any good. It's like, nope, <laughs> still bad. Take it back. It's too noisy. Noise seems to be the main problem. That's not actually a thing that bothers me. It's just other people annoyed by noise. Uh, oh, okay. That's a detail I didn't realise. I didn't realise that what that the loudness thing was not a problem you... It's because I'm not in the room apart from when I'm boiling a kettle and then I'm only there for like a minute and then I leave. <laughs> other people have to sit there and listen to that kettle several times a day, at least, I suppose. And in the mornings, supposedly morning noise is too loud when you've just woken up. If you're the first person up, you mean you're the one making the coffee. Yeah. I mean, I, judging by how loud your coffee grinder is, that would suck if you had to be in the room with that. Uh, well, yeah, well, it's not like I put the coffee machine in the bedroom. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like they're, they're, although, although, in fairness, yeah, it is loud enough that it functions well at waking us up better than Gnome's multiple alarms. From, like, literally the whole house away. Yeah. <laughs> Which tells you it's very loud. I can't remember the last time I've heard your 6.30. 6 a.m. Six... Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's how much well we've heard it, because it doesn't exist. Although whatever you've got on your phone or radio at the moment is really irritating. Well, it's quite good. <laughs> the in best the, kind in of the, alarm. In the sense that, like, because when I was at uni... get up and turn it off immediately. When I was at uni... Mars Volta. Is it? Oh, that's oh. what that is. Okay, yeah. Like it, it sounds a little bit like a chip tune at first. It's got like a... And then... But it's so distorted and like horrible <laughs> that it's kind of like, I need to wake up. Because like, when I was at uni, my equivalent was um, the start of the concept of love from Jet Set Radio Future. Because <laughs> okay. the, the, that first that first sound is quite piercing, right? That guitar... It's like, I've got to get up. It's just like, that's woken me right up. 
for a long time, I don't remember. I don't even remember what it was, which is not helpful to this story. But I definitely had a music track as my alarm, which had like a long build up, and it was like it would start. You'd wake up and, you, and within the first thirty seconds of the song, it's like, oh, it's still quiet right now, but it's about to not be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it's time to move. So you're a bit prepped. Or you could just sit there getting ready with the drum kit, ready to go. Uh, <laughs> So what if you had like uh, what that Phil Collins track, like the Glass and a Half Full production? Was it? Uh, I think that might be too much. Yeah, tonight, or whatever it's called. Yes. What? Yeah, but that's that's quite calm, even when the drum beat kicks in. So it's like, but it's like you got the nice, quite a lengthy build up until the boo doo boo doo boo doo, until the gorilla happens. Yeah. Got that bad, but in fairness, to, uh, for me at the moment, the best alarm clock is having something on your wrist that vibrates. Sure. I mean, having something physically in contact with your body probably would wake you up. Yeah, it works, it works pretty well. Or, you know, just have a cat jump on you. Although it's also the easiest thing to snooze. True. Because <laughs> it's right there, you just go snooze. <laughs> and then sleep for like another hour. Well, waking up every ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, naturally. The classic snooze procedure. Yeah. You end up in the snooze loop. You snooze, you snooze. <laughs> you snooze, you snooze. <laughs> okay then. So now I'd like to go back to video games. I, oh, well, I don't know what's, what's, what's been happening, Kip. It's been a long what time. What has been happening, Kip? Kip's been, been playing video games for chance. <laughs> I think he probably has. I'm sure Kip has heard some house grouse. House grouse. That's the equivalent of kitchen bitchin', but you extend it out to the entire house. It's the house grouse. Um, the whole house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact I built a bit bed in my bedroom without closing the door, and now I can't permanently close the door. Because it doesn't fit. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a problem. <laughs> Can it not? Like, does it not like slide over if you cross no, the one it, wall? Or... No. Wow. It must be quite a large bed then. Yes, king size. <laughs> yeah, that house was not designed for king size. No, clearly. <laughs> Our house isn't designed for king size. No, also. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've lost Gnome. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> it's a good thing it's just the two of you in that place, really, that you don't actually have to yeah, well, really well, close course. doors and be that private. Well, of course, because it's a modern house, the light switch is behind the yep. door. Yep. So now we have to reach and like lean and, like, and try and get the light switch because it's behind the door that's partially <laughs> partially. Can't, can't you just open. get going? Oh, of course, the door's stuck open, right? Yeah. Right, I thought I'm wrong. I thought yeah. the door can't open. Probably. Yeah, no, it's permanently open. <laughs> we probably could, yeah. <laughs> but do you want to risk doing DIY of that magnitude? <laughs> or, you know, one. Yeah, I would do it. If you're not that worried, just take the door off permanently. Put, like, one of those gypsy curtains <laughs> in. Make your room real fancy. Yes. Beaded curtain. Good times. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dylan versus beaded. Done the yeah. cat versus beaded curtains. That would be entertaining. You'd just be playing with it the entire time. <laughs> like, well, you'd be playing with it for like five minutes and then it'd be destroyed. <laughs> it wouldn't actually last. Until he can find an appropriate part of it he can lick. <laughs> with the whole thing. <laughs> you can lick anything if you try out that. <laughs> More lessons. What, how, how, does kettle, how do kettles taste? <laughs> lick the kettle. Hot. It tastes hot. <laughs> I had the hoppiest beer known to man yesterday. Good. It. No. No. But I, I figured that from what was going on in your. It's a bit too much. Region. I don't even know what it was called. We we bought it because it had a can with a picture of a space rocket on it, 
<laughs> also a good indication of potential gas output. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And it was, yeah, it was just just too strong. You couldn't. You, you had like one so sort of. I don't think I've ever had that sensation from a beer before, where it was a bit like having a lemon sour or something, where your face sort of implodes on itself. After. So we like, mm-hmm. and that's that, that slightly cab noise comes out. <laughs> of course. Uh, and gnomes destroyed her foot. Okay, that's the other noise. noise. <laughs> that's the other noise. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone say news? News! transitions. The noise news. Uh, we've got some shows to talk about. No, well, sort of, except not really the actual show part of the shows. Well, no. Like, so... The, the, the main one to talk about, I suppose, is the Game Awards, because that actually had some trailers and reveals and stuff. Like, we're it. basically talking about the adverts in the show. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so but as if we were ca- watching the Super Bowl and talking about the actual Super Bowl adverts. But they know what they're that's doing. What you talk about. Yeah, but they know what they're doing. They lean into that stuff heavily. Like, you know, they, they introduce the games as being, the game reveals as being as much of a part of the show as the actual award giving. Although to the point where I can't remember what the award giving was. Well, you know, as ever with video games, most of the, most years, it's not really that much of a competition at some point. Like, I mean, there were some there were some good ones. Like, you know, there's been it's a strong year for gaming performances in terms of like actors and stuff like that. Well, so, even with the strike, even with the strike, yeah, because like the Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy cast, pretty much like the two female leads were nominated. The girl from Hellblade won it, despite not being an actress. There's <laughs> also that just, a strike, presumably. Yeah. That is quite the trial, isn't it? It's like the best performance what, what in video games. What does that say about video game actors, though? Well, I think that. <laughs> well, what does that say about this year? It kind of says that it wasn't a good year, and they were just getting whatever nominations they could. I suppose, yeah, because like Ashley Birch wasn't really on the scene this year until like Life is Strange prequel came back. Because then they revoiced it or something with her in the role that she had from the first Life of Strength. So, yes, stuff like that. And so, yeah, there's been no, there's been no Nolan North action for a while. There's oh, been what no, a shame! There's been no Troy Baker action. For oh a while. no! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love those guys. Oh, God, it's so annoying. Like hearing the same people in every game you play. <laughs> it, it did get a little much. It's but, like you just lose. But they are very good. Yeah, but it's like you can't get into the game when you hear the same voices over and over again. It's like, oh, it's that guy from that game and that game and that game. Because mm. there's a, there's a, there's another guy, I think that does some of the, some of the Atlas stuff as well. Yeah. There's, a, there's another voice that sounds a lot like Troy Baker that I often get confused for being Troy Baker. And he's in a lot of things as well. And it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of very common voice actors in the, in the industry, like Ashley Birch herself, like, you know, call out another one. It's like she she does an awful lot of roles, a lot of varied roles, as it turns out. Um, I only really know her as Tiny Tina from Borderlands Two, but <laughs> yeah, everyone really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, well, I thought it was funny, you know. But I'm terrible at like that, that was me while I still thought internet meme humor was still pretty goddamn funny the whole time. It's like, still pretty like, funny, like five but, years like, it ago, was just, it was just too much. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it was better if you didn't get the DLC for Borderlands 2, where that was that character was used a lot more. Mm. But if you just played regular Borderlands 2, played for it once, and only saw that bit once, it was probably okay. Yeah, because it wasn't, it didn't seem overbearing. Like there wasn't that much of it. No, right. Apparently, the DLC was much worse for that. 
situation. And then didn't they didn't Gearbox do that again with the penguin character from Battleborn? Like he was just a meme factory as well. Well, there's always a meme factory character in games like that nowadays. You gotta have someone who says the quotes. Even if the quotes then only become these after the fact. No, that's not the same thing. Like a, like a character could be made that has their own catchphrases and they're a meme factory in the sense that they've created new memes. Yeah, but that's what, what I mean. What you I mean. either have that or you have the inverse where the Yeah, meme, where they're the just spouting memes. memes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the best. Or you part. do a weird mix-up or like, kind of like the Scout where it's like he started off as just a character but then when people were like, oh, he's like the ShamWow guy then that like it reintegrated <laughs> itself into the character. Yeah. <laughs> They, they, they lent into it a little. It's like, oh yeah, well, let's just add some of that. Swoosh. <laughs> uh, yes, what, what else happened? What dumb trailers happened? What dumb trailers happened? I need to actually get my notes because I can't, I can't read over <laughs> You can't trailer. read them from here. No. And I can't read them from here, obviously. I mean, I probably could, but it's a bit awkward. Also, I'm, they're not actually that page that's on screen, so I haven't found it very well. <laughs> so you good. Um, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else won. There was a there was a music one, but I can't remember. What, they might have given that to Zelda. No, well, Zelda it can't won. have been Zelda because Zelda doesn't really have music. No, I mean, atmospheric to some stuff. to some extent. I mean, it won Game of the Year, of course. At the Game Awards. Yeah, I don't know if we can say of course at this point in time. It's like our own Game of the Year stuff still to come. Well, it's, oh yeah, well, you know, I what guess it's not surprising, choice. No, you know, what our Game of the Year fight is going to be though. It's that and one other thing that we've talked about recently a lot. <laughs> Probably Mario. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're in the difficult position where those are the only two games that we've all played. <laughs> but they're clearly the best games of this year anyway. What do they Doesn't matter what ones we haven't played. What about Splatoon? What about Nier? Oh, You're not going to I possibly manage to argue Splatoon 2 is going to be game of the year this year. What? Well, you've played tons of it as well. Because <laughs> as we previously discussed, it's just Splatoon. <laughs> Again. Doesn't stop it being amazing. Amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah. Here we go. I've got my notes. I've got my notes. Back, back on, back on track. Uh, so, Battle of the Champions came out, and they did a trailer for that. What's the, that? That's the, <laughs> that's the Zelda, DLC. Zelda DLC. Speaking of oh, Zelda, right, yeah. I was um, thinking I should maybe actually get. That. I think you should. But then I, the trouble with that is because it's not a terrible price. Well, yeah, for that, for that and the master stuff. Yeah, and, it wasn't too bad when I actually looked at it. But the trouble with that is that. I'd be very tempted to play the whole game again in Master and then get to the DLC. So oh, I'd be basically right. having to play the entire game and then the DLC. <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't, I wouldn't go for it in that way. Definitely not. I'd try to go to Battle of the Champions and then do the Master stuff, for sure. But the Master stuff is like, the whole point of that is it changes stuff in the whole world. Yeah. Like, you want to... But then in order to see that, you kind of have to play the whole game again. Yeah, all 100-odd like, <laughs> hours or whatever it is. I mean, theoretically, you could. it would be quicker the second time through. You would be dossing around so much. You'd be like, okay, I know how to fight. I know where to go. I know what these cards are the about. Mechanic, the mechanisms of the shrines and how to find them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the, the opening portions of the game where you're quite weak might not be so... Well, I mean, that's so where tough. the master thing would come in, though, because well, yeah. the game would be harder, but you'd be more skilled, well, so maybe it would balance out. Well, that's one of the things about this deal, this Battle of the Champions DLC, is apparently it makes the Great Plateau really tricky. Like, that's... That, there's, how there's, does it... That's, it's, how does it change anything of the Great Plateau? Because I think it's a, the entire section becomes like a, a Heaven or Hell thing, like from DMC, where it's one-hit kills in both directions. But why, so why, is, that, really, why is that linked to the Battle of the... Yeah, it's just something in it, apparently. It's a section in it. Because it's all in the world still. 
Okay, but then why would you use the Great Plateau again? <laughs> it's already quite full of stuff. It's yeah. one of the most dense areas of the game, almost. Almost, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, just there. Uh, what else we got? We've got uh, a new From Software game, Kevin, that everyone seem, thinks is Bloodborne 2. Well, because they only know how to make two different games, and <laughs> we've already got three, <laughs> the, three the whatever. They've had three Dark Souls. Dark Souls, and they said they're not making any more of those. Um. So, and you know the, the the teaser line was like shadows die twice, so it's like it's probably a two. What like Bloodborne two? There we go. Yes. And also the teaser is actually incredibly thematically similar to the one they teased Bloodborne one with, which was you know just a close up of a thing that looked horrible. And you know standard problem. Even if it, even if so they somehow make a new game, it's pretty much just going to be one of those games again. Yeah, because that's just what they do. That is what they do. They, the thing about From Software is weird because, like, yeah, that's their thing that they do now, but their history, like before Demon Souls, it's really quite varied. Yeah. So it's a bit, I don't know. It, it, it sure, make money, I guess, but but it's a little disappointing. But surely like, they must they must be aware that like the bubble must be people burst, are dropping right? off. Yeah, I mean that's why Bloodborne happened. Yeah, because the Dark Souls thing. Was starting to run Dark its Souls course. Two was like people were real pissed about that, and then Dark Souls Three was like, ah, well, well, you, no, you, you've you, sort you, of recovered, but it's just more Dark Souls. Yeah, <laughs> and you're ruining some of the mystery by actually like <laughs> you're making you, too much story. You're solving mysteries yeah. that, that people enjoyed leaving as mysteries, um, and yeah, so like, they they started to shoot themselves a little bit. So it's like, oh, let's do something completely different. Let's <laughs> make the same, different, but the same, the same game but faster. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, so that's happening. Uh, so, when only Dan. It's a shame Dan's not here really for this one because, like, he he was the only one of us that played Firewatch. Okay. Um, and uh, was it Campesanto, the dev team? I think. Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, so those guys are making another game, and it actually looks kind of interesting about two lady explorers going to Egypt and filming their escapades in a in some ruins. Except it seems like they're not really supposed to be there for some reason, and is it going to be another sort of slice of life storytelling, or is it actually going to be more to it this time? I mean, is it going to be like the same game again, basically? Yeah, <laughs> the it's, same idea. You just walk around and look at things, and then story happens. Yeah, it's hard not to look at the trailer and be sort of captivated by its art style in the same way that you know Firewatch looked nice. Um, you know, there's a chunkiness to how mm. things are rendered. It's got a good look to it, and this has the same sort of over-stylized look to it, except you can see another person. Sure, not just a hand. Yeah. Or a, or a dead body. <laughs> or someone over the radio, I suppose. It's <laughs> Firewatch's thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it looked kind of interesting. Uh, just a quick reminder, Dreams is apparently still coming. Like, they finally showed some stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a game. It's not a game, no. It's a creation kit, but quite... that they They... You might as well skip ahead a little bit and they showed some of this at PSX as well. And it looks fairly... They haven't really showed how the creation tools work, only what they've made with it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it looks like it's possible to make quite a lot of different stuff that look fairly different from one another. But yet still, you know, that sort of... That, that, that thing when you're doing things sort of right, they have a style to them, but yet they're all wildly different thematically. Like, they've, done, they've gone for, like, three biomes, like sci-fi floaty cloudy stuff and uh film noir which is kind of cool but they all sort of animate in very sort of like 
when people have animated the characters, there's a sort of janky way that they, I guess they originally demonstrated of like move controllers when they were doing that puppetry thing. Yeah. And it's like, so they all look kind of funny and it's got, it's got, a, it's very much looks, you know, that sort of um, the way the camera felt in little big planet. It's still a media molecule game. You can, you know, you can see that and the way things move seems to have that same floatiness that mm-hmm. little big planet does. Um, it's one of those games where it's like I would not like Little Big Planet. I would not put the time in to learn those creation tools, but it'll be fun seeing what people make with this thing. <laughs> it'll be fun to see how many a million End- bombs fall on your endless bombs, <laughs> yeah, endless bomb from the sky, or run across this thing while being chased by Robo Sharks, <laughs> which, which were pretty fun. But there was a lot of them. It seemed like the one idea people enjoyed. Well, it's because it was easy to make. Yeah, <laughs> That's why that became the thing. And everyone thought they could do better, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Marginal tweaks. Uh, we had a very long mini video movie thing for Death Stranding. <laughs> Which is probably going to be absolutely nothing to do with the game. It continues to look just utterly, utterly bonkers. And I've got no idea what this like. Okay, so now it seems like we know that there are invisible... The hands of invisible creatures that seem to be the bad guys that can age people rapidly, but you don't want to be taken away. I don't think uh, we know anything. This is no, probably just all metaphors. A, there's a baby in a canister that seems to be like impact resistant because people fall a long way. That canister gets messed up, and yet the baby inside's fine. It's a tough baby. Weird, like parrot arm. Um, thing robot that likes to flap its face I don't know how to describe it it's like a flower like with like five prongs or something that just sort of flaps its things around they've got lights on them and Kojima was wearing one of them at PSX for no good reason just over his shoulder mm. uh, God, and we don't even know how that game actually plays or anything well, we don't know just, anything about that game no. we don't know it's a game technically <laughs> <laughs> you could just be making a really ridiculous movie I mean Given Guillermo del Toro is on board, yeah, that might be true. At least uh, they had Norman readers come up and say, like, yeah, they're not going to stop us <laughs> this still time. Employed. Yeah. We basically literally said, they're not going to stop us this time. And uh, another direct Konami jab. Uh, but who is going to stop it? Because someone's going to have to. <laughs> Because he's gonna have someone's gonna be like you're actually going to have to make a game and finish it at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that would be Sony this time, right? Because Sony, Sony yeah, I think Sony are funding it. It was this was the one that was wait no was it this one that was partially crowdfunded? Oh no, wait, that's Shenmue Three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) I remember. Yeah, Shenmue Three partially crowdfunded and then funded, but the the remainder is being propped up by Sony and Sega, I think. Yes, what a disaster that would be. Uh, speaking of another weird propping up, I suppose that is now coming to even more content. Bayonetta three announced. Hell's yeah! I the complete lack of any kind of response from you two is is depressing. <laughs> well, on the plus side, this time at least I'll be able to play it because I have a Switch. That's true. <laughs> so I can play it if I want to. And Bayonetta one and two are being re-released on the Switch. Yes. So maybe they'll come in some kind of nice pack of some description. There is a European pack for it called the something like Ultimate Climax Pack or something they've called it. As you would. Oh, what like the like a um, a pack in 
version with one and two. Or yeah, something. yeah, that 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 sounds like a bayonetta thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was what it was called, or some, or unending climax, or something. It was called because <laughs> <laughs> like aren't the um aren't the like mini specials you can pull off just called climax attacks yeah. or so? Oh no, yeah, the big ones the, and the big finishes for boss fights are called like climaxes as well. Yeah, it's all about the climax. Yep. Enjoy your climax. <laughs> they should they should pack in the the. They should pack in Bayonetta for Smash Brothers with that. Why not? Just throw everything in there. Hell yeah. <laughs> but no. But no, that would be required. Smash Brothers DLC Smash never going to happen. Yeah. They'd have to call it Smash Brothers, not for Wii U for, for Wii U for Switch or something ridiculous. <laughs> I do wonder whether that will be what will actually happen with Smash Brothers or whether they will actually get around to making a new one. I just call it Smash 5. Time. Right? Something like that. They can't just call it Smash for Switch, right? Well, I mean, they could. They just basically re-released the previous game on the Switch. Call it Smash 5. Which is probably what they'll do. Yeah, I'm like, because it, it seems too soon for an actual oh, new way one. Way too soon for a new Smash, yeah. But but then, like, it's a new console, so you really want a new one. Wow. It's way too soon in Smash timeline. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not too soon. No. Like, for any other developer, but Smash, is, they seem to be so far apart now. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I could not be more hyped. <laughs> for a game that doesn't ever exist. But, well, Bayon- no, Bayon- I don't wait for Bayonetta. Bayonetta, Bayonetta. Okay. Bayonetta because Bayonetta 2... <laughs> I did manage to convince you both of like being one of our games of the year one year with well, something else. I mean, Dan had some experience with Bayonetta. <laughs> yeah, it was just me that did that so much. Oh, it's such a good game, unbelievably good game. Uh, and then there was something that I'm only bringing up because there are certain element to it that I think is like, oh, this looks like any, any other sort of modern co-op game. Yeah, but had. I got Left 4 Dead vibes out of it to some extent mm-hmm. um, because it's like, but Left 4 Dead crossed with Alien, uh, and it was yeah, so a very nice looking sort of wandering through like an abandoned dark oh, facility. You're talking about GTFO. I am talking about GTFO. I was going to end with that because that that phrase because like the trailer it ended with that, and then everyone was like, oh, that <laughs> now name, we should leave. <laughs> that that name, yeah, that name does not fit that game. Well, because it's, it's just like. Like you've made what seemed like a serious, well-produced thing, and then gave, given it a bloody internet name. <laughs> it's not technically an internet name. I mean, it's a, just a, like an acronym. It's like calling something WTF. It will only be bad if GTFO if they try and backronym that to mean some like something, something in else. the game, like yeah. the, the military of the game or something is the GTFO <laughs> with the great terrain, Terran, the great Terran fighting. Operation. Operation, yeah. <laughs> that'll do. No, that'll be when it's bad. Other than that, it's just like, it's just a name. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you, does it really mean that? Or is it just an acronym? Is it like Dota? Where it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean Shut anything. up. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It can't mean anything for licensing reasons. <laughs> uh, and the only other thing I wanted to call out anyway was Soul Calibur Six. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, Soul Calibur 6. But as long as it's better than Soul Calibur 5. <laughs> no, Soul Calibur 5 was a good one. Soul Calibur 4 was the bad one. Sure, but then you were getting further well, back. Even then, 4 was a good one, but it was ruined by Yoda and Darth Vader. Yeah, like those but 5 was... And Starkiller. 5 was awkward for different reasons. Like the weird... like, Well, the whole new character situation was weird, and then... Oh, yeah, the the, ne- the next generation thing. It sounds like they're backtracking on that, right? Because they've but, only showed Mitsurugi and Sofitia. I'm sure we said it at the time, but like, there was absolutely no reason you had to 
the whole like some kind of was basically time travel at a certain point. You might as well not bother. Just have yeah. whoever you want, whenever. <laughs> Although the one guest character, old um, Ezio, was actually a really good fit. Yeah. Um, so, so who are they going to get this? Yeah. What's the? I mean, don't get me wrong. Tekken are going a bit mental with their guest characters, right? Right. Akuma sort of doesn't work to me because <laughs> it's weird and just like. Well, I mean, that's the whole Tekken Cross Street Fighter thing, thing yeah. that they were trying to do, but then didn't. Yeah. So Akuma <laughs> was like a nod to that, but then now they're bringing King of Fighters into it and stuff. You know, geese. And I don't know else how is... mechanically King of Fighters is. King of Fighters is weird mechanically. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all weird mechanically in their own ways, but yeah. it's like, how close is it? Like, how well does well, it map? Good question, because it's you know it's one of those two D fighters, but like King Cough, <laughs> Cough, yeah, Cough, Cough is quite hardcore in yeah. terms of like how it controls and things like that, and it's a. Uh, um, I don't. I don't know how that will map to three D. But that, I guess that's kind of the interesting part of it, right? Yeah, that's where the Tekken crossover is interesting, because Tekken's the 3D one. <laughs> or no, I guess Soul Calibur is as well. But yeah, Soul Calibur is. So it's crossover with Tekken, Soul Calibur, that would be the perfect fit. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm well up for a Soul Calibur game. It's like, yeah, five, 5 was a really good one. The character creator stuff was awesome. You know, that, I mean, that's the downside, right? Soul Calibur 6 is character, character creator can never be as good as 5 because of the advent of Mike. Like even more microtransactions. Yeah, Five was actually quite good about giving you enough stuff just in the base game that you could mess around with. But Tekken Seven, like a lot of the stuff, there isn't actually that much stuff in that game. They're expanding it, but a lot of it is like behind like ludicrous paywalls and yeah. So it's as far as I'm, I've um, been told, I haven't played that game since it came out. Really, no, because yeah. you just do the treasure mode and get coins and, get and you just coins, buy the yeah. coins. But there's just not, the coins. There's just not that much variety of the stuff, right? Every character mostly gets all of the same. Like all the ladies get it. all of the same kit. All of the they do have um, special stuff for each character, but mm. but there's just there isn't nearly as much of that as there was in Soul Calibur Five. Like the, the range of options and the range of customizations you could do to those things to make them look mental. Who doesn't like cow print samurai trousers? <laughs> <laughs> that's not even like a particularly special thing that was just a ran- that was just a thing that existed yeah. that wasn't something you had to make it was just something that was in the game you could make the cardboard tube samurai oh sure but- with the Pac-Man logo on the back of his samurai robe like bright yellow samurai robe that was that's the, that's the peak of character creation to me I guess <laughs> so good uh, that's what I really got from the game awards those, those, those are the announcements that made they made, that made, sense. made some sense for us to talk about. Anyway, there were other stuff, but it's just yeah, some some stuff we'd already seen before, didn't really expand upon. Yada yada yada. Uh, which, speaking of which, that was pretty much the entirety of PSX because like no real announcement. It wasn't a proper show, right? They did the couch thing, yeah. the couch chat. It was a, and I could not the thing was like four hours long right and the last hour and a half of it was greg miller from kind of funny <laughs> just talking to people uh, it's not I, I feel bad for the people that went to P- psx thinking they'd get something like last the last few years and it it was not that there was stuff to play at the show like like an egx i suppose but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a reveal show it wasn't yeah. really much to much to tease um uh, other than, I suppose, this year's shirt obviously came up. The Sean Layden t-shirt came up. Not that. They totally stole that from Microsoft. Yeah, like they the did. t-shirt thing, yeah. <laughs> Except Microsoft gave up on that, as we saw in the yeah. summer, where it's just like, play it to me, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no. Uh, 
so this year's shirt was saw the return of Sir Dan from Medieval. Yeah, they're totally remastering that. <laughs> because Which is awesome. That was one of my favourite games. Medieval was quality. I, I really enjoyed that back in the day. I don't. I have no idea how well it holds up. Honestly. Not great. <laughs> that's yeah, probably probably, recently, probably not though. But that's a that's a cool thing. Um, it, it's just another remaster. Yeah, <laughs> but, the, but then can like, we get through the age of remasters already? No. But then they're coming off the heels of like the unparalleled success of um, Crash. Crash, yeah. <laughs> the Crash Bandicoot. Collection. That's a very specific thing, though. That was like that was a super popular game at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like this game is like not like that's basically an indie hit of its time. Yeah, and now you're bringing it back. <laughs> I want to say it was a very, was it a very UK game as well? Yeah. Maybe? I think it might have been. Yeah. So it's interesting that it's being held in this regard. Like they might as well have just gone and said, Hey, we're bringing back croc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that would be behind. That game was great. <laughs> Do keep saying at some point we'll probably we might we should probably do a video of Legend of the Gobos. Uh, wipe out Omega Collections getting a VR mode. Oh, so puke all over. Yeah, from the cockpit of those ships. That sounds mental. Um, uh, yeah, they had Horizon and God of War there because of course they did. But the only reason I bring this up is because they very heavily took a stab at the. Uh, um, the immersive single-player experience trope. <laughs> right. Or you mean the lack thereof? Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they they were having a direct dig at EA. Like, I don't know if... Which is slightly weird, because it's not like Sony versus Microsoft where they're both, like, the console holders. It's yeah. EA, which is like a publisher who yeah. could potentially put games on Sony's and system. There, and there are Sony-endorsed PS4 ads at the moment on TV for Battlefront 2. <laughs> you know, the game that's kind of... Of the moment, symbol of EA's most badness. I mean, maybe everyone just decided that it, this was just like a safe opportunity to shit on EA. Like everyone <laughs> yeah. can shit on EA now for yeah. a while. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's just kind. Of, it's just kind of allowed now. No one cares. Uh, they had a most interesting looking game to me was something called Donut County, where you play as a whole. You move around the world and things fall into you and then stuff happens. Like if you. Put a fire in your hole. Your hole catches on fire. <laughs> that like as in flame, flame, okay. st- flame starts coming from your hole, and then you can set other things on fire. And it, it looks bizarre. Oh, like yeah. it's a it's a it's a puzzle game of sorts. Sure, but yeah, it's almost an adventure game. Yeah, you have to find the thing to put in the hole to cause the thing to happen. It's it's a fun trailer because it's just got people like being very confused about what like one person's playing it and trying to explain it to another. Well, I say person, I think they're like bears or something <laughs> talking to like another. <laughs> okay. Talking to like another bear who's just like very confused about the whole thing until the hole comes and eats them, and it's and then, and then squirrel please, <laughs> squirrel please, I'm listening to cheese. I mean, that wasn't the squirrels; that was the the rat things. <laughs> it's like portable cheese. Uh, there was modern Echo the dolphin in the form of a game called Jupiter and Mars. No. It's got like echolocation and underground cities. Yes, but the, like to say it's more an echo dolphin is not exactly like that's it's not gonna be, you know, is it? Unless it is, unless it's like some kind of spiritual successor. I mean I don't know I don't really know what you couldn't well, if you made a game about dolphins underwater with echolocation. 
it's yeah, like it's, it, gonna, it's gonna be an echo game right because that's really all echo was yeah, but it's about what like the goal of the game is and like how the level design is because the point of echo was like you had the underwater mazes that you had to trigger certain things to progress through essentially. yeah i can imagine those would be quite tricky in 3d so well yeah that's why that's why echo when echo went 3d it was bad because it's like well yep this is kind of not actually working any longer yeah and it was, you know, the early days of still really of people trying to make those make old concepts work in 3D. And yeah. So, you know, we might have a better idea of how to do that now. Maybe someone might be smart enough. What you need is like, <laughs> you need some crazy people to make Echo Mania. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> I wonder if, I mean, yeah, Echo would work in Retro Engine, right? Like, you know, Retro Engine is what Probably, they built for Sonic Mania, effectively. Like, it's their physics engine and things. But if you just took the physics out of it and used the graphic capabilities... Well, yeah, the graphics, sure. Yeah. You might even be able to modify that physics engine to Echo Physics, I don't know. Yeah, probably work. Probably work. I mean, I, I reckon Sega should just double down on that. Like, Sonic Mania was so good. If they can get people who can recreate... All their games. old shit. <laughs> Yeah, all their old stuff, but make them better. Significantly, in the same way that Sonic Mania was the same game, but better. Yeah. They're on to something. For a while. Yeah, for a while. Until they yeah, use it's, all it's their not, licenses. It's not going to work that, for that long, sure. But, like, it, yeah, it's something. Uh, am I the only person here that thinks Monster Hunter World is beginning to look pretty good? Well, Monster Hunter games always look good until you play them. And then, right, yeah. <laughs> then you discover how much a giant pain in the ass it is. I think that's what's worrying me, because like the more I see of Monster Hunter World, the more I'm really intrigued by it. But you've played it before, Zach. Well, I played the demo of yeah. the Monster Hunter on 3DS. And, well, and you thought it controlled like ass. Well, that was <laughs> maybe the 3DS's fault to some extent, because you're mm. trying to cram this already awkward control system onto the 3DS's amount of controls, mm. which wasn't exactly substantial. But then they, the Mega Man's in it for some reason. I mean, because you know, because Capcom, yeah, because they'll put whatever references they feel like into their games. And they're basically saying if you have Mega Man as like your little pet thing, it will play Mega Man music instead of the normal music. That was their big reveal. Woo! Yeah, I know. You probably should have left that as an Easter egg. Well, or well, no, because they did it for the last one as well, didn't they? What was the the follow-up thing that you got in that one? That replaced, like, the cats? I don't remember. Why would you replace the cats? <laughs> because it was some even more ridiculous reference to something. Because that's what they do with their, like, following things in the games. Like, it's, it's, it basically goes back to the old days of, like, Fantasy Star and stuff, where it's just, like, change your mag into an army or whatever no, the fuck right. that was. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... That's it, really. That's all I really took away from those things. Not a lot. They did the same demo for um, Detroit that we've seen before, but they had the audience shouting the decisions they wanted him to make at him. And did he, in fact, do them? Did he? I don't know. I didn't did, hear what people were saying. Did he good. actually show any decisions that hadn't already been shown? I don't know. <laughs> I think. Well, I think. Save hashtag save the fish. I think. <laughs> Okay. It was a fish you could say. Oh, was it the demo that I played at EGX? Uh, was that the hostage situation where you're Connor, the android, and there's yeah. another android that's taken a on human roof, girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one Apparently I played. Apparently, that's the very first scene in the game. It was really good from what I played. Yeah, it's it, and he was doing the classic Quantic Dream thing of saying like pretty much every action is going to have a consequence of some kind, 
Um, and and then and of course I was I was watching the Easy Allies stream at the time, and they were like, "Even the fish is that going to have a consequence? Really? <laughs> Depends what you mean by consequence, exactly. Yeah, it might be just going to change a scene or yeah, a dialogue. It might be so. a thing where someone says one line differently at some point later on. So, in the version you played, Kips, was there like a probability of success? Yeah, counter. Yeah, and it went up depending on how much or what information you found, evidence you found. Yeah. Because you were saying that like, there are some things you could find that could actually confuse you without other bits of evidence, and that the number could go down based on what you found at times. But then, that but then I'm like, in what I yeah. But then I'm almost like, doesn't that expose the underlying systems a bit much? Do, do I want to know what probability of success is? Like, I want to find if well, it's like one of these situations. The hostage situation is like, I don't know if it's gamed up to be like, there's a time limit. You should do stuff. Otherwise, things are just going to kick off. No, like no as much. That's the problem, right? Like, yeah, like uh, like if there was a moment where it's like you can only make a certain number of decisions in the time period, and uh, I w- I'm not sure I'd want to know like how that affected the probability. Well, I'd, I don't I'd really want to just play understand it out. the probability thing because I mean, he's an android and he does the math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, when you actually go to the bit where you get to the hostage bit thing, you still have to make the you right still have to make the right decisions. Well, yeah, based on what you know. Yeah, so you could still. I mean, the decisions be... aren't often related to the stuff you find. For example, it will ask you like he'll say something, and you have to choose your response. It's like, well, yeah. half these responses don't actually have any relevance to anything. No, well, but it can still reduce your percentage of succeeding. Yeah, the thing in the demo that seemed. Uh, perhaps a little too exposing, actually, in some ways, was that it very clearly showed which item, which uh, conversation options were related to evidence you found. Like they had like a square bracket around them or something. It's like talk about this this thing, right? In relevance to, it. I wonder if that's like almost like a cheat in a way. And it's like you found this thing, use this yeah, thing to your advantage. But I don't. I think, I think that's it's... always the right option, though. I mean, there was a thing about a gun, right? You could pick up a gun, you find the gun, yeah, and you could choose to keep it on you, yes, and then. Um, uh, it gave you the choice whether to lie about whether you had it on you. Yes, and that seemed like a decrease. Like if you lied, like probability success decreased. But then in the demo, they just used it to execute the the android right. and be like, "Well, that solved the problem." He didn't know I had a gun. I could just pull it on him at one point and be like, "There you go, problem solved." Um, so you know, there's there's stuff like that that's kind of. Where, where it's grey, that... I, I think this game this game will will live and die by its grey. Um, I mean that bit seems to be basically like kind of LA LA noir, like but mm. but the fact that it's compressed into a scene that's also the hostage situation happening at the time. It's not like you're going to the scene after and then looking at the stuff and then that's analyzing what you're yeah analyzing the thing yeah. and then like going and interviewing someone and charging them. You're mm. actually in the situation at the time, which makes it seem like it's like weirdly out of place to have this kind of analysis phase before you go. In. <laughs> yeah, the amount of time like. You, you, the weird thing about that demo was if there isn't a time pressure element to it, like, you know, you're going around, you're analysing the scene, you're checking things out, but you seem to be taking your sweet time about it. Yeah, you can tell it's on And it's like, when, and when everyone around you is like, we've got to deal with this right now, do your job. <laughs> or we'll slice them or whatever. Yeah. That, that even is like the situation there, right? I like, mean, if you don't deal with it, they're going to just shoot them. And then, I mean, I mean that would be kind just, of an interesting well, outcome. If there was warnings... That if you could take too long during that thing, and they do just shoot the thing, shoot the shoot the thing, and then and then like uh, perhaps 
the girl dies as well. Like you get the worst outcome for taking too long. Or I something. mean, I'm sure that could happen at some other point in this game. Maybe they just didn't want to do that in the first scene. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, the key will be telegraphing that because the problem is, is if that first scene is you can take as long as you want, you're teaching the player the wrong you can thing. take as long as you want. Well, there are well but then they might just jam a timer on the screen at some point because you're an android and you can just have an internal clock that shows you how long you've got left. I guess, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, how many of the scenes are there actually going to be in the game? Well, the classic issue. Yeah, that is the... That is the but I mean, Beyond Two Souls was quite lengthy. I'm not saying it was a good game, but it was quite lengthy. But how much did you get to do? Uh, oh, what? You mean how much did you watch compared yes. to how much did you act? Um... That's a really good question. I don't really know how to describe that. I, I, like in Quantic Dream games, I would generally say like it's it's kind of a fifty fifty split, right? You're doing actions to change what you're watching is the bulk of it, right? You're not you don't have direct control all the time. The game's not really about that, um, and none of none of them have been. None of the Quantic Dream games have really been about the direct control because they don't control that well. The <laughs> 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 honest, I mean, like Heavy Rain was tank controls, right? Turn left, move forward. Turn right, move forward. Um, they might God. have patched in some more direct control later, but I'm sure that launched with tanks. I don't know. It still looks real interesting, but yeah, I really like, like every Quantic Dream looks really interesting until you play it for realsies. Because Beyond Two Souls, I was I remember going to EGX that one time, coming away going, "Damn, this game!" It was my game of the show that year, and you were like saying that that Detroit might have been your game of the show. Yeah, it was really fun. But Beyond wasn't all that when it when you've played it in played it for realsies. I mean it was it was a bit simple, I thought, but like it was you couldn't really fail, from what I could tell. Oh <laughs> no, that again that's not that's the thing with these there is a, like a bad end there are different there is a I suppose Heavy Rain did have the idea of a sort of worse ending. Yeah. But, but there were so many endings that it didn't really matter. It was, yeah, like, it was your the own thing, story. The thing was, though, like with this, it felt like the only way you could fuck up was if you did it on purpose. <laughs> right. It's like, like, I'm just going to wave my gun around and be like, I'm yeah, going to shoot you. Yeah, the only way you could possibly screw that up was if you on purposely chose the wrong options because you wanted to. Yeah. I wonder how many players would go, like, yeah, you, like once you've played for it, like... Go back and roll play it badly. Yeah, but like, is it like the Mass Effect thing where it's like you play through it the first time, Paragon, and you go through it the second time, or whichever way round? Yeah, but the trouble with like Renegade, just 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 for just for a laugh. The trouble with Mass Effect is well, well, the trouble with this compared to Mass Effect is that in Mass Effect, the two options are equally both successful. Mm. Whereas in this, in the Quantic Dream style, bad options are bad, and they actually have bad outcomes, and you know that they're bad. So it, well, it doesn't incentivize you to do them, unlike well, I mean, Mass Effect, where it's like you can be, you can, it's you're still doing the good things and the outcomes are still good, but you're just doing them in a different way. Well, I mean that's not true of all Quantic Dream stuff. I mean, beyond experimental, the idea is you don't know what's right and wrong half the time. Like you know, the, the famous party scene is, I guess. It's hard to know whether the wrong action was go mental and scare all the kids well, or just go along with the party or just leave. I mean, that was the interesting thing about some of the Beyond stuff is you could skip scenes yeah, but then the if question- it felt better to the character. You could just, there was a, there was a, an attack scene at one point where Jodie got attacked by people in a somewhat secluded bar and you could make, you know where that's going to go, right? <laughs> and uh, there's an option to just leave the bar before any of that happens. If you want to, you could just walk out and be like, that whole scene plays out to, like, doesn't happen. And then how that affects the rest of the game is like, does it or doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, You'll but that's, that then is the problem with that. Because, like, 
if if you if you don't know whether you're succeeding or failing, then yes, it's easier to make whatever option, mm. make whatever decision, and just be like, well, that doesn't actually matter what I do. But then, like, you have to know that or not yeah. know that, and then <laughs> what's worse than that, like game, like in scenes like that, game of curiosity gets the better of you, right? Where you're like in one, you're in the bar scene, and it's like in the game. You don't want to just leave. Like you want to see what happens because you've paid for this thing <laughs> to see things happening. And it's like because, just because you Yeah, so like these 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 slightly weirder options don't always have a payoff, is the other thing. Yes, yeah, so that's just really the whole problem with this whole concept of these games. Is like, how much information do you actually give people to know whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing or not? <laughs> I mean, LA Noir's biggest problem. I, I, I actually think that that the, the the correct and wrong and the scoring system of LA Noir was actually its biggest flaw. Right? It did. I, don't, it, I think that game would have been better if the first time you play it through, none of that stuff was exposed. Yeah. You don't get the music cues to tell you whether you asked the right or wrong thing. You don't get the star ratings after the levels. That game is better with all that stuff removed. Although they might have had to adjust it slightly to make it so that you, because it wasn't really fail states, but but like some missions, I think did have fail states you could miss something and you'd have to replay them yeah replay the investigation from the start so like you you kind of if you're gonna have fail states you need to tell people whether they're doing the right thing at some point but like i guess (laughs) how much what proportion yeah the game is weird though because didn't they change it in the newer version to say good cop bad cop was the options instead of truth and lie because it was like, um, it was neutral well, yeah, question that, or angry question, basically. Yeah, often, <laughs> often that was part of the problem because the prompts on screen didn't necessarily tell you what you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. But wasn't the whole point to choose whether they were telling the truth or lying? Well, there was more. There was usually like three or four. There was three options. options. Was there truth, yeah. lie, and doubt? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, that was it. And the lie was always overly aggressive. Yeah. And was often not the one you wanted to pick, but. It, yeah, it was just the problem was is you couldn't say. Uh, but then I think there was often cases where you wanted to present a bit of evidence as well that you could see that there was a contradiction. But the game let's not bring up contradiction that that weird game, um, which is also the similar premise. But yeah, you could, where the game wouldn't let you effectively, or the the question you what you couldn't find a way to lead into the question that you as a detective would want to ask. Mm. It's like, but I've got this bit of evidence that I need to tell you about that is contradictory to what you're telling me, but I can't do that, or I haven't found the route to get to that. And it's like, can I not just do that? Yeah, but changing the names doesn't change that. I, I, I mean, no. I mean, it means good cop, bad cop means something completely different entirely. Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't make it... You're not... It, it, that makes it even... I think make... that's even more obscure as to what... Yeah. Like, it, like it, you're, you're, it, all it does is describe the mood and has even less to do with what question you're asking. Yeah, it makes less sense to me than... You almost need more options, right? Like, so it says like doubt, angry, or something like. So you can you get a little preview at least of the mood you're about to apply. Well, or just like not have quite such hard swings in the emotions. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need every lie prompt to be extremely angry response. Just like just state it's, the it's, facts. <laughs> it should just be like truth and lie. But if if you choose the truth option, it means you believe what they say. If it's the lie option, you don't believe what they say, but it doesn't mean you shower them and go, hey, 
Yeah, maybe the maybe the, the it's just it should, the fact that they added emotion to it was the problem. It should maybe. just be that you're trying to work out whether they're telling the truth or not. That should have been what it is. Mm. Not that you fly off the handbell and going, yeah, you're an idiot. And then that throws the investigation out of whack because yeah. you could you could be too. You could pick the lie option, and even though that might have been the right option for the situation in your mind, the angry tone actually could put an early end to the interview in some cases. I think. From what I remember, anyway. Mm. I'm sure I got thrown out of a couple of conversations because it's like I was too aggressive. Yeah, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about working out whether they're lying or telling As I say, unless you have a mood modifier, which, of course, expands the amount of options you get. (laughs) Or just, like, not even... Or just not even have your... Have the button for, like, truth or lie be an internal to your character. So, like, you you record what you think is the truth or lie, but it doesn't actually affect the interview. <laughs> you just continue, and your character makes an internal, like, record of what, whether he thinks that was a lie or not. Because <laughs> that's how... Yeah, but then those things are way, way less interactive, then. Well, you're, you're not guiding the conversation. And so- well, no, but you can still have the conversation be guided with subsequent options. You just, like, whether you think that was a lie or not could open up different routes to through the conversation and what you want to say next or whatever. <laughs> you don't need to have your character uh, actually you express so, that they think so, that, that was a lie. So, so, like, so, so it would be like a two steps. You'd say, I think that was a lie, and then you get the dialogue options. Like, yeah. To be like, what's your next line of inquiry? And the last choice you picked that affects... The next set of options, so everything is a two-step. Option. Yeah, that would work. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of smart. I think I can get behind that. It does slow down the flow of conversations a little bit, but those conversations are always a little bit. You Stupid. can't, yeah, you can't play them out particularly um, naturally. Anyway, we could just uh, like have it pause time while you're making the decision. Well, I mean, that's what it does. That's what yeah. La Noir does. But um, well, no, it doesn't in La Noir. They just sit there going. You have an idle animation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, but the, oh, I see what you mean. Right. Yeah. Just make, just make it awkward like that. But then that was the thing, right? The idle animations were often the, your clue to what they, they were like. like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you know that one of the early ones with that shifty guy who was from Heroes. I can't remember his name, but he played like the I can hear stuff guy. Yep. From Heroes, and he's like, but he was the most obvious tell, right? You know, he'd have twitchy eyes when he was telling a lie, and it's like, well, there you go. Most of them are really obvious, though. For the first half of the game, I'd agree with you. The second half got really kind of tricky in that regard. People got better. The liars got better. Anyway, it's a difficult problem to solve, but I don't want them to stop. And I, I do quite like the Quantic Dream. Sometimes, the, you know, the, the, the old Walking Dead or Telltale, whatever you want to call it, the immediacy thing where it's like, you've got to pick an option right now. Mm. Um, even if all you get is a clue to what you're about to say is one word. Um, I do sometimes like that in those moments because it's like, uh, I don't know, I'll just mash a thing, see what happens. Because that kind of like making real life fast decisions. Yes. You're not, you don't necessarily know how it's going to pan out, and I kind of like that. So that works, but for yeah, for in depth conversations, slow it down. I'm all for that. That's, yeah, Zach's idea sounds pretty neat. Yeah, Mass Effect Five. <laughs> Forget Mass Effect. Mass Effect is over. I wish they'd do more like the La Noire style game though, because that was great. Yeah, with the investigating like... and stuff, it was really cool. It's how oh, how, how they should have made a Batman game at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't the Telltale Batman game a bit more that? I can't stand Telltale games. There's a lot of punching <laughs> going on in that Telltale game. <laughs> if you if you choose to punch, I mean, you're still Batman. Sure. <laughs> 
but maybe more than usual. I think that that Telltale Games Batman is supposedly unusually violent for a Batman. Have you played any of the Telltale ones, then Kips? Have you tried? Play Walking Dead. See, that's the only one I've played. In fairness, all of of season one. Oh, really? I I I thought it was narratively quite bold. Like it was one of those things that they. There's a lot of things that they and you know the branching path stuff was clever. But it wasn't because a lot of it didn't matter anyway. No, I mean, it still had to get to the same point, right? It's the diamond effect. You know, you, you, you can branch out a lot and then it all has to come back. Um, That's what I mean. It's if, like, they say, oh, all the decisions matter and you make a choice and like someone dies or whatever. But at the end of the day, the same thing happens anyway. So it's like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who lives and dies because the same thing happens. <laughs> I think there were certain fairly heavy things that could be skipped, like certain major plot points I suppose you still end up in the same place but certain things along the journey were could be quite different depending on who lived and died um, but The Walking Dead did a very not very transparent thing where they would introduce new characters to fill the obvious gap that was left by someone dying and it's like well here's the person that's even going to die immediately or there's going to be another choice involved to make this guy die instead <laughs> you know some of it was kind of obvious mm. um, and in fairness to them, other than the, that terrible Jurassic Park game, which no one likes, um, this was their kind of first stab at it. And people seem to really like Werewolf Among Us went and um, Tales from the Borderlands Evil. People seem to like that one. And I'm kind of tempted to give those a go, just because they seem like that That's that might be the height of Telltale. I just don't like that. And they're quite old, old now. <laughs> I just don't like the whole... Like, there's no gameplay, basically. Oh, fair enough. It's not for everyone. <laughs> Adventure games aren't for everyone, for sure. I I think I can be immersed in them. Like, I think Norm and I did get into Walking Dead, but it was just... Uh, I think it's quite difficult for me to find a game that I will latch onto like that, in that genre. Um, but then D4 was kind of that, and you played that. I played most of it. I didn't play all of it. Oh, did not? Okay. But that was kind. Of, that was all right. That was better, better than the Telltale games. Just because it was bizarre. Yeah, I, I much prefer that. I thought it was more entertaining and more enjoyable. Oh, where that game ends! I don't know such where a, it went. Such a cliffhanger troll. I just remember uh, some... it, it just hits its bizarre peak and then ends with no resolution. Because well, they remember... thought they were going to make more than one. Yeah, but they didn't. I just remember there's some bit where he kept calling. Didn't he keep calling his friend fat or something? Well, yeah, repeatedly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, uh, as he's wolfing down entire hot yeah, dogs yeah, that was by, f- by the bucket. Yeah, it was a funny bit where he's like just eating something. I can't remember what it was. Well, there was like, it was, like there, there was, there was clam chowder. I think there was pizza, and I think in one of the episodes it was hot dogs. Yeah, that just was... just downing <laughs> them. <laughs> it was hilarious. I can't remember what it was. The weird cat lady. Yeah, the cat thing. Was who weird. was actually a cat in the other world or something? That's never explained. Why is she a cat? That seems to have an equivalent. Why can you buy things from the cat? Mm. But that was more interesting. Like, despite the like, why can't weirdness. people smile in that game? <laughs> that was just an animation thing. No one smiled. Everyone went, "Hey!" <laughs> sort of a weird grimace. Yeah, but despite <laughs> the weirdness of it, I preferred that style of mm. I, I the way un- they did it. I can understand why. Yeah, more than the Telltale way of doing it. 
So I'm assuming you wouldn't get on with something like Life is Strange then, which is kind well, of Well, I, I played but... the first bit of it, and I yeah, so thought I it was actually first... pretty good. So okay. I might finish. I might actually get that, because that's really cheap now. Is that it? just because you think that the, the time mechanic from the original at least not not the because mm. they haven't got that in the mm. or in the prequel series obviously but because i don't know I the, time, the time mechanic actually sort of added something yeah i don't know i just feel like the style of telltale just doesn't win me over oh what the fact that they all have that look they all have that same look and it's always like just choose an option and see what happens and you don't like but these other ones all have mm. more interaction in some form like in the like you're walking around or I mean, I guess some of things I guess or... some of Walking Dead had the old puzzle stuff, right? It has a little. The one bit, on the farm, yeah. for instance, had a classic. You need to get these things together to turn these things on to make the story progress. Which they then moved away from, actually, as the series went on. Yeah, and just said it's more about decisions. Just the other ones feel more like games than. I think there is a market for the for just the dis- games that are just that, just the distillation into. That's what visual novels are, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but, the, but you know, obviously there was a bit more to the tales. You know, they're not just reading text with a terribly animated anime girl on one side of the screen. But that's pretty much what they are, though. As I learned from playing two visual novels this year, that are both. Oh, I didn't even talk about where Neko Para ended up. Right, it's like that game gets way worse. <laughs> I think you so, might have talked about it. Oh, I, mean, I talked about the start of it. That gets a lot creepier <laughs> as it goes on. Unsurprising. Yeah. That's essentially what they are, though. Yeah. And I don't really like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, visual novels, the decisions do even less. Yeah. I don't think there was a single decision in Echo Power, actually. Although there was one. Oh, no, there was Fault. Fault had a single decision in it at one point that made no difference. <laughs> I'm sure one of those things must be all right. I'm sure... One of them probably exists somewhere. <laughs> uh, there's no news. There's no other news. Well, I guess. Other than, other than Opus games, Magnum there? came out. Yeah, and as I predicted, it made it out before the end of the year. Yep. It's allowed to be in our full discussions. <laughs> they, Irre- irrelevantly. <laughs> they announced Mega Man 11 or something. Yep. Oh, I really? Oh, I missed that. that. Hopefully they will somehow understand what, uh, what a fucking Mega Man game is. It looks quite good. <laughs> so, so what, are they going full retro again? No, like it's modern, style? Like, modern. modern. Okay, so they're attempting the mighty number nine. Yeah, it looks <laughs> it looks a lot like that. But everyone's saying it looks better than mighty number nine. Well, it's not not difficult to look better. No, than no. <laughs> I don't really know enough about Mega Man to care. No, I, I don't think I've ever played a Mega Man game. I like. I've always wanted to, but they just always look too fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Like with the um, and the music is badass. The music is always awesome, and it's like I know the problem I hate about it is the start bit where you have to choose the bosses you want to go oh, to, yeah, and you, you just need, don't you, you just don't know learn. which ones are weak against what. There isn't an, an ideal route. Yeah. yeah. So you. Could I just, guess that's like back in the NES era. That's the thing, right? Like that was what gave the game yeah. replayability because those games, like NES games, were always so one trick. Right? You had to. You had to, like, you know, give them some legs somehow, and that and those legs were difficulty and figuring out what the hell to do. Yeah. So there was that, and there was also a game called Witchfire, which looks pretty cool. Oh yeah, sorry, I missed that. That was that came out at was that the Game Awards? Yeah, Witchfire. That looked pretty awesome. Because that's Chinese room, isn't it? Or something. one of these walking simulator developers? Oh, but 
That was uh, yeah, that was the, the really good trailer actually because they were like from the makers of uh, something like What Remains of Edith Finch or one of those games, and, like, yeah. and, and it was just him walking around like a creepy looking church area or something. And then some things appear, and he picks up a gun, and then the trailer goes, "Oh yeah, and Bullet Storm." <laughs> so it's like, okay, this could be fun. It looked really cool. I can't. I was, I was just, just having a quick look to see if the recording was still going. So I, 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 I'm, I'm worried <laughs> after, after our recent failures, and my monitors are all turned off. So now Rob needs to go over there and have yeah. a look at this computer. Windows update. <laughs> oh no, we're doing the shutdown. We're still good. Okay, good. So now I guess we can move it? on from these. news. Bayonetta and Witchfire, all the witches. Yeah. It's all about the witches. Okay, witches. And the news on me. <laughs> the Witcher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weren't they something about. Speaking of CD Projekt Red, wasn't there something about the, the CEO of them saying that the cyberpunk game they're working on might have need to have some games as a service stuff in it? And everyone's like, no! Well, it's just because they've never done that before and everyone points to The Witcher as like... It's the when most, they compare it's the it to Mordor, single, where yeah. it's like, here's a bad example of this type of game and here's a good example. And it's like, yeah. oh no, now they might be converting to the other side. That the Witcher supposedly is the best example of like single player immersive, not screwed by games as a service games. Yeah, not screwed by online payments and microtransactions and boxes of loot. I mean, it depends what he actually means by that. Because yeah, if yeah, it yeah. has has if it has to have some kind of online connectivity for some actual gameplay purpose, then maybe it'll be fine. I think I agree with the. Um... Uh, was it the giant bomb suggestion that if by that they mean if they had like a Hitman style element to it where there's like evolving quests yeah. that only exist for temporarily and things like that, that could really work um, and make sense in the cyberpunk universe, I guess. Well, it depends what the fuck that their cyberpunk universe actually is because we still don't really know anything about yeah, that. What, what <laughs> type of game is it? You know, how does it play? What is it? Well, what if we read the comics, it might give you an idea. I guess. <laughs> read, read, read the Polish novels. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, any more news? We don't want news. I think so. All right, guest. What have you been playing? Not, Games. Not much. <laughs> well, you, you've got st- well, I suppose yep. you, you've got stuff that we haven't talked about at, like ever this year because you've got an X, an Xbox One X, and I've played nothing on it. You've got well, you've got Call of Duty. Oh it? yeah, Call of Duty, I suppose. But you, no one likes to hear about Call of Duty. I mean, is it a good Call of Duty? I liked it. I thought the single player was pretty good, but it's just Call of Duty. You know, same, same <laughs> as every other Call of Duty. Lots of explosions. Does the multiplayer have legs this year? Uh, I really like the multiplayer. I think the multiplayer is great. It had a lot of problems at launch. Yeah, well, we, talk, we talked about those. The whole like, our HQs turned on. I not? don't know. The last time I played it, they still weren't. But from, I think they turned it on like last week or something, or really recently. So okay. supposedly they're working again. I hear they have Christmas trees. Yeah, yeah I've not been in it since. <laughs> They've turned it on just in time then. to make it look real dumb by <laughs> <laughs> decorating it with Christmas stuff. But I really like the the whole multiplayer side of it. Like, it feels pretty balanced. And although I say that, it does feel like the SMG is uh, way overpowered compared to ARs, like they have been in a lot of recent CODs. Right, right, yeah. That there's no reason to really use much else. I still use ARs over SMGs because I like the range. Mm. But 
SMGs like just destroy you at mid to short range. Yeah, because that was the the way I you know I haven't really played a COD game properly since. Well, I guess I played quite a bit of Advanced Warfare, but Black Ops Two was obviously my last real gig. And, yeah, Black Ops Two is definitely the best one in my opinion. Yeah, st- still, still, and uh, and yeah, I was SM. I ended up going like learning the way of the SMG in that. I always and... used AR in Black Ops Two, hmm. but yeah, it's more because like a lot of the levels in Black Ops were quite small, and yeah. the chances of just coming running yeah. into someone around a corner were way higher. So I would just like go if I had an SMG, I could just go. Bruh! Well, that's why like... I always had a shotgun as my secondary. Oh, really? That's quite cool. Yeah, I never really got into shotguns in COD. Oh, they were great in Black Ops Two. But yeah, that's kind of why I really like this card as well, because it feels a lot like Black Ops too. Simplified. Simplified, and I can go around with a shotgun as my secondary, so I can, <laughs> <laughs> so I can just obliterate people before we play. The draw of the shotgun is real. Because you can't knife in these ones anymore. Like you used to Oh, there's no, there's no melee. Since, well, you can melee, but nowadays it takes two melees to kill, not one. Like it. Oh, like the original, original. Like, wasn't that true in like four or something? Like Yeah, I can't remember. It was remember. never insta-kill. Oh, four, you, it was insta-kill. Okay. But I'm sure there was one of them where it wasn't. Yeah, I, I think it was, they changed it in Black Ops, or it might have been Advanced Warfare. They changed it where it now takes two hit. Ever since then, it's taken oh, two hits. Yeah, it might have been that actually. Yeah. So now, yeah, now melee takes two hit, unless you equip a special melee thing that makes your knife instant. Yeah, yeah. So it's a perk. Now. So that's why I have a shotgun because mm. if people run into you, you, just blast them with that, and they're dead instantly. So how, what's your playstyle like? Though? So you're running around with a shotgun out most of the time until you no, I, until you see like a long range scenario coming up. Or I I always have AR as my primary. And then the shotgun is a secondary. And mostly, if you're going through buildings and stuff, just, I'll have a shotgun prepare. out. Yeah. But most of the time I have the AR because you can just hip fire it and it will yeah, kill yeah, things yeah. pretty easily. Don't need, don't need to worry about the aim down sight. Yeah, you'll still get demolished most of the time by SMGs, but mm. it's pretty good. And yeah, it just feels like they really simplified the class structure and everything. So you can now only have one perk. Right, yeah. Um, but the other perks come from what class you choose. Oh, yes. Or I'd division, forgot, they I'd, call it. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. So you have four different divisions. There's the, was it five? You have the shotgun, the sniper, the AR, the SMG one. And I so, you, so you basically have to pick the shotgun class to do your style. Do no, you? I don't at all. Cause oh, right. So there's enough customization that you can sort of mess with it. But yeah, because the, the, one perk, the one perk I use is the perk that lets me have two primaries. Right, I see. So I have that, and then I have the shotgun as the secondary, and then I have my main uh, division as the AR one. I only have the old COD problem solved in this, I guess is my question. Because like, even from all of the Blackout games, all I remember sometimes is that end-of-game kill cam yeah, it's still where, where you see the slow-mo, and you see that the person is aiming nowhere near the person that yeah, has died. Yeah, that's still really bad. Okay. It was way worse at launch. They fixed it quite a bit since then from mm. what I've played, and I actually really enjoy it now. It, that doesn't seem to happen anywhere near as often as it did at launch, but I mean, it still happens a lot. It, it's never been totally clear whether that those those end of kill cams were just because it, this is what your console thought was happening versus this is what the server thought. Yeah, there's a bit of that, and also they have really bad um, lag compensation in that game, like sort of classic client side trusting stuff. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know how lag compensation works, but the way they implement it in COD is it's super like relaxed, so. If you see you shooting someone, the server assumes it happens, even if 
yeah, the player bit, had yeah. moved and you were lagging. Or... It's a bit like that, yeah. I don't really know. Because that's the old Halo it. system, right? That's what led to back in Halo Two, the old standby thing, right? And that yeah, everything was client side trusting. Um, so yeah, it's, it, in COD, it's always been like super, like it seems like the window for the lag comp is way wider than most other memory player games like right. Titanfall 2 for example Which is, is weird, way better given than that I feel speed yeah like as I say I've played Titanfall 2 like the other day and I played oh, yeah, a couple yeah, of games yeah. in the multiplayer and I, that you... seems way better for that kind of stuff yeah so you're new to Titanfall 2 as well how do you feel about that that's that, that's worth talking about because I love Titanfall 2 um, and I didn't play nearly enough of it because I was kind of the only one of us that did oh. but, but I got it's a properly great game I played the single player obviously yeah. That was good. It looks amazing on the X, by the way. Oh yeah, because like, that got patched recently. The um, yeah, the smart pistol section. <laughs> that was kind of the worst it's, part. Really? Oh, it's just fun because it's just like now, now you're a god. Yeah, it was kind of point. <laughs> it was like, well, if this has been in this thing the whole time, yeah. why have <laughs> I not been using that? There's a bit of that. Yeah, it's like they they just hide away the best weapon ever. Yeah, so why is this the emergency weapon that is mm. the best weapon ever and it seems to have infinite ammo, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It is mental, but it does make for a nice moment. Yeah. That game is just full of moments, and I like, I like I that. I really like the time section. That was cool. Yeah, I, I mean, it's because it's so clever. Yeah. I kind of wish they did more of that. Mm. But it's good then in a way, But then, yeah, then in a way, that's the best part, that they'd limited it to its usefulness. It's like, mm. this is the one part of the story where it makes sense. So we're not going to just jam it in everywhere else. Yeah, that's that's a properly cool game. But the multiplayer? Uh, I've only played two matches mm. just to get the achievements for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun, but I still think Time for One was better. Oh, really? For multiplayer. It just doesn't feel the same. There's something about it. I can't... It is different in many ways, but I, I mean, I've been playing on PC. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, uh, there's... I think it's improved. Whatever, like whatever this feel thing that you don't like, whatever the change is, I I like the change. And it's like I I don't think the maps are quite as standard. Yeah, the maps don't. I, feel I think I, think as I remember good. the maps from the first game more, even though I've put more hours into Titanfall Two. It's got the COD issue with maps. I feel like where they're trying to overcomplicate them to the point of ridiculousness. Like COD, well, if they, you have, back, they have the real trouble with Titanfall and that they kind of have to because yeah, of the but nature they, of the game. They do, but at the same time, they clutter it with too much crap a lot of the time. Like trees oh, in the oh, way. I see and, what you mean. Like, it has the modern FPS problem where they need to make it look good, but the stuff that makes it look good is just, in the way. Yeah, it's just annoying. Mm. Like, I, I like the Halo... Um, forge style maps where right, it's just, right. they're super simple just, but it just, makes it more competitive just a pure arena game yeah that's what I like mm. that's why I kind of like the older cards because even though the maps then were still like trying to be they just weren't because they couldn't but then I remember a lot of COD 4's maps being actually really quite COD 4 yeah, labyrinthine had and... pretty bad maps yeah yeah but Black Ops like 2's maps were Black Ops were good I mean they were quite complicated in spots like lots and lots most rooms had three or four ways in and out of them. But it was, and it was, it didn't have like stuff in the way everywhere. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't just props everywhere. Yeah. They were all the, the props that were, there were big. Yeah. So they like, they were, they meant to be there. So is that, yeah, go back, go back to the call quickly. It's just like, I highly recommend the multiplayer on it. Okay. It's cool. great. And I'm actually I, I reasonably good at it, which makes a change. <laughs> the first concerts Black Ops 2 have actually been able to do well on. Nice. Because uh, we have been saying most of this year, like since we knew World War Two, like was a thing this year. That it's like uh, maybe this is the one to go in on because I skipped the last two. Advanced Warfare was the last one I played. I wasn't 
I at like all interested well. in Black Ops 3 for some reason. Despite Black Ops lo- 3 wasn't great. Yeah, despite loving Black Ops 2, I just was not interested in 3 at all. It's because they introduced um, the stupid super moves and stuff, and it's just, they, they're so bad. Mm. The whole oh, super yeah, because I, I played the beta and, yeah. and just did not get on with the supers. Um, and then Infinite but, Warfare was the same, pretty much. Yeah, which is why I skipped that as well because it's like the the like the story sounded interesting, but then a lot of the reviews said, "Oh, it's not, it's not actually that good." And it's like, "Oh, all right, Mr. Trick here," so I skipped that as well. Yeah, World War Two is awesome, really good. <laughs> now we're just waiting to see if Battlefield will go back to World War Two again. <laughs> yeah, because Battlefield One makes the least sense. Well, the rumor right? is at the moment they're doing Bad Company Three. Three yeah. yeah, which. Everyone's been technically asking for bad. For com- ages. Bad company three doesn't technically have to happen in any specific time period because they can just yeah. easily bullshit those same characters into a different time period and be like, "No, it's just they're just there." Well, it doesn't even have to be the same character, the same style, same the banter like, style, yeah. yeah, same character types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Another good thing about COD is the um, kill streaks are totally useless. Great. <laughs> so you don't get well. You still get killed by them occasionally, but most of them are god awful. It's not the, the whole the winner, the rich get richer problem. Yeah, isn't so bad. Yeah, so you can't stack them like you used to in old games. So like most people, do remember you get the airstrike and then you kill like two people in airstrike and then that would give you your next kill streak. Yeah, it's yeah. like that doesn't happen nearly as much in this game because they're all Great. so awful. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah, I've always thought they should have. They should have thought about that changing that up like so perhaps like there was a risk reward element to it like so you could get a uav if you wanted to and that but that can then cashes out your all of your points um and then you have to work if you like you have to push past the uav to get to the next one if you want to go for the next one so you're risking not using your level one to get to your level two yeah i always thought that would probably be a better system for those games but then getting to level three was always really tricky anyway like even with the stacking yeah um or they just wanted to partially solve the stacking problem just make kills from the kill streak not count towards the next kill streak yeah that was also the obvious way way Uh, to deal with that yeah (laughs) yeah that also should have been a thing that was never a thing was it they never actually put that in did they like that that sort of system you think that would be the obvious solution that should have been like that because it's just stupid like there was some I can't remember which card but as I say you could just get an airstrike and then you'd kill like three people with that and then you'd get your Rolling Thunder or some shit, and then is it Black Ops Two with the nuke? <laughs> they all have that. They all have the nuke. Like, they just end the game yes. and you win. Yeah, the classic twenty-five kills. Yeah, if you get twenty-five kill streak with weapons, then you you just win the game. Uh, it doesn't win the game anymore, but it kills the entire enemy team. Oh, it's, a, it's an hour wipe. Okay. And there was one. There was, was it ghosts that had the really weird system where you could get. God, I forgot that game existed. We could get a random... Sometimes, instead of getting your kill streak on some maps, or was it like they'd get a random crate would appear at some point or something? And you'd, instead of... Oh, yeah, the weapon drops. Well, no, that was always... That, that was always the supply drop was always a thing. Yeah, right? but instead of getting a kill streak, like your normal kill streak, you could get a, a one-off super that affected the map. So wow. it would, like, nuke the map, and the map layout would change. Wow. Oh, like an evolution. <laughs> yeah, the whole map would change to a different map, basically. If you, but it was only on certain maps, and it was whoever got the first kill streak or the first package of the map or whatever could cause it. Interesting. That's weird. That was yeah. It was pretty weird. But Slight, it just, slightly less organic than Battlefield's method. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. I didn't like it. 
because obviously you got free like five kills because it killed the entire enemy team while you did it as well. Yeah. But yeah, none of that shenanigans in new one, apart from obviously the nuke. But oh, have you, have you seen a video of the the new nuke? It's called the V two rocket. It's so bad. <laughs> Wait, isn't the V two like a World War Two thing? This, this is World, is World War, War II. II. We're talking. Oh, sorry. I get, I get, I get, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Sorry. I get, I get properly confused with Battlefield One and World War Two and World War Two. Being yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> stupid. But it looks so bad because it's just this giant rocket. Yeah. And it just goes, but the whole map explodes. <laughs> it just looks awful. Wait, does it kill everyone as well? Like, no, you don't die. Naturally, oh, because oh. you know, but no friendly fire. It just looks so bad. It's literally just a giant rocket that goes. <laughs> I, like, I like your description of the explosion being so small to the it, size it of the It looks awful. It just looks so bad, yeah. <laughs> but yet the whole map explodes, and <laughs> but it doesn't look like it. Does the, does the team get like a zoom out camera of the map like exploding or anything? No, like, I think they, it, did they not make a di- big deal out of it? I think it's like the classic nuke where the, you like slow down. Yeah, the white out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was just a white out, wasn't it, when it was first introduced? But... I think it's like that where you just like move really slowly and then you just die randomly oh. from an explosion. But yeah, V two would they should have. Well, no, I guess it would. That would it would have only made sense, more sense in World War One for it to be some kind of gas attack. <laughs> where like for some reason the enemy team doesn't get gas masks, so they all die. <laughs> right, yeah. That should be more sensible. Yeah, <laughs> but that's more a World War One thing than two, really. Gas attacks weren't so much of being modeled. No, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Look It's good. I recommend it. It's good fun. I haven't played much of it this year, though, but it's because I, I don't really like playing it on my own anymore. Jeremy, not into it? Uh, not as much as it used to be. Mm. I like playing it with people because it just makes it more fun. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll maybe pick up a copy at some point. We'll see. It's good fun. We shall see. Any. Um, any- I was just going to say about Titanfall 2. Okay, yeah. Um, in my second game, I did get a seven-kill streak. In my, <laughs> in my second game. Uh, nice. It was within, like, five seconds as well. <laughs> okay. I got a video like, right on, the on the, the Xbox. Yeah, it was right at the start of the game. I just ran out, like, kill one, and then kill another one, and then three people on the stairs. I'm like, gun them all down. <laughs> what, what style of weapon have you chosen to go for? I just picked the starter Oh, you got the, the normal rifle. Yeah, I didn't even change the class. Okay. Just... <laughs> so you got the... It's probably really yeah, bad. Have you but... gone for gra- I forget the start. There's the start of the grapple or the stim pack. Yeah, it's grapple. Okay. I didn't yeah. really use that though. Stim no, I've, I've never quite got the hang of the grappling hook. Like whenever I seem to use it, I seem to just just be super obvious and everyone shoots you. I've, I've very rarely seen it actually being used by other players as mm. well because most people tend to use either the invisibility or yeah. the stim pack. I use the stim pack to be honest, and it's. But that was kind of cool. First game I got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that will happen. As you, because the Titan mechanics are different as well. And, yeah, uh, like the lack of a regening shield is it takes a little getting used to. Um, but they're not quite as vulnerable as they used to be to a sustained attack from foot soldiers. They're still fairly vulnerable, but uh, they're not. You know. The people on the ground do have to put a bit of effort in to take them down over, but it doesn't. Your 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 efforts never feel wasted as a foot soldier because of the no no region. Yeah, it's like I do think the changes are smart, and they do they do pan. I out. didn't think the battery thing was necessary though. No, 
Uh, the, I mean, always bothered me about it. I mean, that's what people... Balling was already a giant pain in the ass, and now you've made that mechanic even more like a critical element. Well, that's what most people's biggest complaint with the game, is that everything else is very active, whereas the battery... The canned rodeo animation to pull the battery out yeah. is such a detachment from everything else that it just feels wildly out of place. I prefer just being able to like throw nades in it or whatever. You like in the original? Oh, the, 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 the shooting the into the cover. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea that you, you know, in pulling the battery out, you think you can then power up one of your own thing. I mean, I, I think that is clever. That you know, you now have a battery, and you leave a big green trail behind you while you have a battery, so you become a bit of a target. And it's like, I do kind of like that because obviously you then just take it back to your own Titan and be like, now I'm all powerful. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I I like I liked that part of it, but it's just the the whole canned animation thing that it's not active and that it's mm. uh, yeah. I mean, it, I suppose in some ways you could argue that the battery was an attempt to reduce the annoyance of just having someone rodeoing rodeoing yeah, on and you, you can't and you come do anything. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. then they just jump off now rather than just sitting there and whittling away your house. <laughs> what I used yeah. to do is just put a satchel on my yes on my thing and then jump out. Oh, jump basically out and the counter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just you probably could still do that. I, though, I don't right? know. If satchel, yeah, satchels are still in it. I think, but uh, I don't know if they're quite as sticky. And uh, you know, I always just made sure I had countermeasures. Well, yeah, the, yeah. The, whole, the whole radio situation in one was the problem of there not being enough options, where it's like, you were going to get radioed, so you had to take the electric smoke, and that filled up your housing slot, and that was that. Because I think it's possible to, <laughs> if you radio someone who doesn't have a battery anymore, that actually doesn't do anything, right? because it, cause it's quite a rare thing in Titanfall 2. You just jump off it again, do Yeah. That should be when you shoot in the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if you manage to get a second person on there. But then it should be limited how much damage you do or like how long you can stay on there. Or or it should just be like you lob a grenade in and jump off. Yeah, that's probably sensible, actually. Yeah, so it's a very quick thing. Um, but uh, not quick. I think it should take a little while to so you have a chance to get them off before they get a nade in you. Mm. Yeah. But maybe if it's the second, if, it, if it's happening the second time, then it like you could just put it in the battery hole, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it should, you need the to artificially extend. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. the animation for it should take like a few seconds. Uh, but then you're back in the problem where the canned animation is not an active thing, yeah. unless there's some sort of like control mechanic to actually get into <laughs> the to the place where you can throw yeah. the nade in. I don't know. It's, like, it's, it's a very it, uh, don't get me wrong. I do think it's a difficult problem for them to solve, and I, I never thought the battery stuff was too problematic. You know, the, you know, having to wait for the anime. It was just something you got used to. Well, in my time of playing Titanfall 2, which was two games so far, <laughs> I had people jump on me and rode on me at least seven times in that one game that I actually got a Titan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just not game over if someone does it anymore. Which is all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's a good game. And at, least we, and, and at least now we officially know that Titanfall 3 is on the way. <laughs> Do we? Well, yeah, yeah. That, that that got it's not announced, announced, but it's you know. But we'll see. They, what... They've said they've said some things now that involve the word Titanfall three. But so, we'll see yeah. whether it actually comes out because now EA has them. Yeah, <laughs> maybe well, EA will just cancel it and shut and it, it down. Might... <laughs> and it might be the worst thing ever made. Yeah, like, EA don't learn. It might be suddenly full of loot boxes. Yeah, inevitably. God, did you hear about Need for Speed? That sounds so bad. Oh, what the customization stuff? Well, well, just the progression engine, the card-based progression yeah, engine. The card-based stuff. So bad. Like the, watch the Easy Allies review where they like really dig into the fact that it's like you know you have to go to shops, 
but the shops only restock every 10 minutes. And if they don't have the things you want, you, you probably, you've got nothing to do for 10 minutes, like, because you can't progress to get to the next mission that you need to, so you just hang around in the car park for 10 minutes. <laughs> and this, it just sounds terrible. Oh dear. On every level. Any other, do you want to talk about any other like 2017 stuff, like just in general to try and influence goatees? Uh, <laughs> it's your last chance. Well, I played a lot of Counter Strike as usual. That Games count. do great. Well, I guess we could put it in well, the live games there's a, there's category a, if we have one. But yeah. <laughs> they've permanently made Ringman an option now, which is probably most my most favourite thing at the moment. What's that? Two v two, one bomb site. One. Oh, interesting. One team plants, one defense. It's just two v twos. It's great. Mm. Super quick. That sounds yeah. That sounds tricky. It's basically the end of every countless right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But that's really good. Hmm. It has its own ranking and all that, so... Okay. It's pretty fun. Um, oh, I've been playing a new a new game that's in alpha at the moment, I think, or beta, called Laser League. Oh, I saw that. What is that? It's pretty cool. It's, um, it's a 2v2, 3v3, or 4v4 competitive game. Very Tron-style-looking mm. environments. It's, you get a square or rectangle arena. It's top-down view. Um, and the idea is you get these like white poles that appear and you have to hit the pole by mm-hmm. running over it and it sends out a laser wall and then like oh, loads of them keep popping up. In, a, in like a circle? Or and it's, it's different push, shapes. Push, all right. it, okay. They all do different things. Okay. Hmm. Um, and the idea is you have to try and kill the opposing team by getting them to go through your laser walls that you make with these poles. Oh, I see. Forcing them to pass through it. So it's yeah. like some kind of futuristic dodgeball. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and you, you can... You have different class of character that you can choose that do different area, things. Area of effect dodgeball. Yeah, so you can get like a guy with a shield that you can zip like oh, a right, bit away across the map, bash into bash into. No, you don't dash really. You bash, you bash someone with your shield and they go flying. Oh, right. the idea okay, is to so try and push them, them into. Yeah. It. yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and you got one that has like f- electric balls in his hand, and you use it, and you like have a f- field around you that if you go near an enemy while you're that, you just kill them. Oh, okay. Well, just, they just take up, take, and that's the same as them hitting a laser. They yeah. just take it out. Yeah. There's a sniper character which you press a button and you run around. It makes a line, uh, and it, and then you let go Draw. and you go zip. You zip back to the um, where you put the line. Oh, interesting. And so, any, so, anyone in your path while you do that gets killed. Oh, right. So, and not not the line itself. It doesn't create a wall. It's just like a, a guideline, so you know what the line is you're making. Oh, so you tr- you travel back along the line, not, yeah. not a straight line back to where you were. It's a straight line, yeah. Oh, right. So you can only you're, draw a straight line. You can't you're like wiggle making around. Making a start point and an end yeah, point. Yeah, basically. right. I see. I and see. then you just zip back to that point, and anyone that's in your way gets killed. You're basically like hmm. you're creating like a split second of a laser wall, but just where you want it is <laughs> essentially what that's doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of neat. But that sounds fun. You got a guy that can go invulnerable for. Can, can you ever play a Caesar? Yeah, he can. Yeah. All oh, right, so so it's less stealthy when you're doing it. Yeah, because you can see the line, but you still have to try and avoid it yeah. <laughs> while all the lasers and shit are going around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a, a guy that can go invincible for a couple of seconds, so you can run through enemy lasers or whatever. Hmm. Um, I can't remember what the other ones were. There's a guy with a sword. You can, if you get close to somebody, you can just slash them. So yeah. is, it, is it all presented from this, like, this top-down Smash yeah. TV style perspective? Thing? Yeah. Okay. 
and it's quite fast paced and you get you get random power ups occasionally that do things and it's quite fun. It sounds neat. It's really good fun. I, I'm intrigued. Is it little sort of like Tron black and neon? Uh, the arena is like a red neon kind of mm. arena, and then your teams are either blue. I think blue and yellow at the moment. So neon blue and neon yellow, hmm. and all the walls are neon and stuff that you make. My eyes may bleed. Yeah, it's really really cool. I really like it. Hmm. Worth checking. So is it like a paid early access? Uh, no, it's in private beta at the moment. Okay. I think. Right. Oh. <laughs> Check it out soon. I don't know when it's due or whatever, but that's really cool. I don't know if it will like do well, but mm-hmm. whether it will actually have a player base. <laughs> yeah, that is the problem with a game like that. But I might do it first. But it looks really fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed it so far. I don't know if you can actually get good at it, but. Mm. <laughs> do you think the fact that they have league in it they're just trying to be like oh maybe it's something in yeah. the market league of competitive sports or maybe it'll be an e-sporty watchable thing because it's mechanically relatively simple as long as yeah, yeah. that it's going to be an e-sport before it comes out then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as they don't they don't say it's the new e-sport and, it's like, and they don't if they don't trail it with shoutcasters they'll be fine <laughs> and you can also revive teammates if they get killed so oh, okay if they're down you just run over where they died and they come back and they come back immediately but obviously, to get there, you have to make yeah. sure there's no laser in the way. Yeah, and all four walls you can uh, a wrapping. So if you go like through the right, so you come out on the left hand side. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that sounds I, like that's going to be confusing. Yeah, I immediately get screwed by. I always get screwed by that. It doesn't <laughs> matter what game it is. If it's got wrapping walls, I don't deal with it. But you kind of need it in this though, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to avoid some of the laser walls. I kind of thought that was the point. <laughs> yeah, but you need some way of being able to survive. Like mm. you can't just like have someone make a wall and then you're just dead because you can't avoid it. Right, right. I, I guess the arena. Uh, I guess that means the arenas aren't big enough to. It's literally just a rectangle. It's just a screen. Just a rectangle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Presumably, they might make other arenas at some point. Other shapes. Yeah. Huh. And I did not expect it to be that. For some reason, I thought it would be like an arena shooter, like in my head. Like mm. I'd, I'd seen the name pop up somewhere, but I didn't know know anything about it. I was just like, "That's going to be an arena shooter, right?" <laughs> but I guess not. Is, that, is there any other sort of like weaponry to it other than that? Like, so like, do you, no. So like, players that don't nec- don't have like offensive capability to bump up against each other, or <laughs> no, pass through, or yeah, I think if you just run into someone, you just like run into them. Nothing happens. Right. Right. Be quite funny if you could just, like, literally just sort of tackle them, like, like, and just be like, "No, you're gonna hit this laser, and I'm gonna sacrifice myself." <laughs> you can't do that. Like, you, you can like block their path, I guess. If you, mm. that'd be fun. Is, this... uh, is it like their lasers? Is it like friendly fire as well? Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. Or it's oh, no, it's not not friendly fire. Like, okay, you, so your lasers are safe. Lasers, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you can troll people by like pushing them through your laser, and you can go through it as well. But obviously, yeah, yeah, you, don't yeah. die. you don't. You're, you're okay. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye out for that. That sounds cool. It's, it's simple enough that anyone can pick it up. But I imagine once you get good at it, it's quite quite, quite brutal. Yeah, not lethal league. <laughs> no, <laughs> all these days from league. The name. Yeah, league is the new league, and they don't even have a league. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. It's, it's bound to be the next esports. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Gfinity Elite Series. Yep. We'll have the Rocket League and the Laser League. And now all they need is to replace Street Fighter with Fighting League. And... Yeah, but it looks nice and you don't need a good computer for it, obviously. It's just all basic yep. shapes yeah, yeah. on and it runs super well and this is fun. Splendid. I should keep that keep that in my mind. Any other 2017 stuff? Get it off your chest. Um, Anything from this year at all? Well, not this year, but I've been playing, obviously, Sea of Thieves, but I can't talk about that. Oh, you're right. It's, that's it's, it's under embargo, is it? Yeah, that's under NDA at the moment. Okay, okay. But that's obviously as dumb as you remember from EGX. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty good. But that, that might be the game that finally gets all of us online simultaneously because <laughs> even even Dan he of fake promises and <laughs> no- here comes the diss dad while he's not here like, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely but you know, you know he has it's, it's fair to say and I think he will agree with us he has a tendency of being like yeah this multiplayer game seems really cool like he bought Splatoon and stuff as well and it's like he's never played that game <laughs> like <laughs> well not Online, no. I mean, you played with, with us either, and you know, we it was a brief moment where we thought we might get some Battlefield on, and yeah, it totally didn't. <laughs> and uh, and even for a while, when Battlefront looked like it might be okay this year, before we realised what it was. Uh, well, that one, you know, there was a moment where that one might, could have happened, yeah, because Dan liked Star Wars a lot, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But Sea of Thieves, he seems genuinely, genuinely hopeful. I'm. I don't know. I think once he finds out more of how, how the game actually plays and what it's like, I'm not sure he will be. Mm. <laughs> Why? Because I just I don't think Dan is going to agree with that kind of like what like aimlessness. Yeah, well, aimlessness and like the just the style of first person action that that represents. Well, not I, think, I think I think him yeah. like a lot of us is looking for like the next Left for Dead style experience that we can all sort, I don't... Of, sort of get into, right? Because we got like... into Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two, and well, more the first than the second, but we got into that in a big way, right? And uh, I, I, I hope he's looking for one of those again because I don't know, Sea of Thieves might be that, maybe, but just maybe. way more open ended and way more replayable. <laughs> That's my hope. Maybe we'll see. Also, you know, I kind of want Rare to make a good game. <laughs> or whatever part of Rare still exists. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see them put something out that everyone gen- just agrees and says, yep, yeah, all right, Rare. It's not Connect Sports. <laughs> Booyah. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay. I assume you're playing... I don't know, you can't tell us, but like, would yeah. you, would, if you went in, you'd be Xbox, though, wouldn't you? Or, but it would be cross-play, Probably. right? Uh, sh- oh, no, we don't know. I guess, be, I guess but... we don't know, yeah. Because it's by anywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it's play anywhere, for sure. So, but... presumably they'll do it, because they did it with Forza and stuff, so... Mm. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, because like, if we did it, obviously, we'd have to go PC, for us a lot, anyway. But uh, having an Xbox cross-play would be good. And given the, you know, what... Phil Spencer has been talking up a good game about crossplay of late. Mm. That would be a cool thing for them to do if there wasn't if it wasn't too disadvantageous to console players versus I don't PC see why player. It would be. It's not doesn't seem like that sort of game where that would be. No, I can't see that being an issue. No, I'm, from what I know of it so far, I'm with you. But yeah, cool. No, no, no. 
like so you really haven't been that invested in games this year. Is this what you're telling me? Like, well, you're invested in next year. <laughs> I haven't really played anything this year that I can remember. I'm sure I have, but I don't remember any of it. Um. What have we played this year? <laughs> well, we've, we've still got two weeks to think about that. Yeah, I have got a proper list of everything we've covered so far. Yes. Yeah. It's just not been that great a year for me, I don't think. What? <laughs> you need to switch. I don't really like Nintendo games, though. What? <laughs> oh, that's always been clear. I did buy a 3DS this year, though. I mean, sure, you might as well at this point. Oh, you did get one. Yeah. Game. What are you playing on it? I've been playing Puzzle and Dragons. Oh, right. Yep. Classic option. The Mario version. Uh, I'm not not very good at that game. I I, I tried the demo, just couldn't really... I didn't understand. I just didn't understand. I don't don't know about the main Puzzle and Dragons, but I've been playing the Mario version, which is like a simplified version. Yeah, yeah. I hear hear the the, the, the main one has got like a meta game and the Mm. story... Like more of a story, anyway. But it's quite fun. It's just like a match-free puzzler kind of thing, but mm. weird because you can just move it around indefinitely for like ten seconds or whatever it is to try and match more shit up. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember that now. And I'm not very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what the strategy is. Is it? I can, I can never work out whether it's best to try and line more stuff up but not match anything for a turn or two. And then go for leave, a massive leave, combo. Leave it for a while and then go for a biggie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't worked that one out yet. It's quite a difficult one. Hmm. Big in Japan. <laughs> it's quite fun, though. Pokemon Picross. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a bit of that. I'm not very good at that either. I'm too slow is the problem. Hmm. Like By the time I finish the puzzle, I was like, well, I'm never going to get the target time. <laughs> I really geez. They're quite limited. Yeah, that's just something you get you better do, at. You do get a lot better. The, tra- the training is nice for some of that. Like, even like, though it's not like... It's just when you get to the levels where it's like the, you have like a 4, 5, 2, 1 or something or mm. and it's like, well, it could be that, it could be that, it could be that. No, no, like, I get to a point where there's no definite column I can fill in. Oh, but that's the, that's the trick with that game. You never have to guess in theory. No. Is like, it? If, if, you've done, if you've done it all right, there are ways of figuring it out. The trouble is that like... The, on the ones where it seems like there's not many options, that usually you have you've to, missed something. You have to be like really careful. You have to like count across the whole yeah. line and be like, yeah. if I go from the left to the right, these are the squares, that, and then count it back the other way and yeah. see where they overlap. And yeah. then that's like that's if, where you'll if go. I, if I shift it to the other <laughs> worst possible case, like is there any overlap? And it's mm. like, if that's if that's true, then and then that, those have to be. Filled that's in. the thing I that take the yeah. longest amount of time. But so I, yeah. I don't always get it right when it's like awkward numbers and shit. And well, well Pokemon Picross has the ability where you know you just eventually get better Pokemon. Yeah, just, you just use the abilities just, and just cheese, that's what I just, need. Just yeah. cheese your way through it. Yeah. As soon as you get anything that has large giant square reveals, and you're just like, I'm just going to solve two thirds of this at, puzzle in yeah, one shot. I'm at the yeah. point where it's like. 20 by 20 or something yeah the big ones and it's like I don't have any Pokemon that have 20 by 20 abilities no that, that definitely for sucks for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. and it's like well I can't actually do this puzzle because I don't know I keep mess- messing something up somewhere mm. and it's just like I just oh yeah that's, that's the worst like if you if you if you tapped something wrong yeah and I just can't finding your mistake yeah you is... just give up and start over it yeah, yeah I, I, I got fed up of keep redoing it and still failing it so I was like alright fine I'm done with that <laughs> I'm just bad at it. Fair enough. 
I like it. Like I really like Picross, it's, it's but clever. I just can't get. There's just the the levels that are just awkward where there's no like really. Where it's not you have to do all the counting across and mm. it just gets a bit much. I think I think there's a hump and it's mostly solvable with Pokemon. Yeah, and that was that's probably why that game is like that because they were trying to get you to get buy the buy currency. Stuff, yeah, <laughs> but you never have to. Well. If you're willing to spend a long time playing that game, you never have to. Because <laughs> no. I spent a very long time playing well, that you've game. You 100% did it, haven't you? Like... Well, not really 100%. Like, there's some. And there's actual stuff that's only unlockable, like the secret worlds and stuff, or whatever. Oh, you have to yeah. buy the currency to get to. The keys, or what, pens, or whatever the fuck that thing was mm. that you get. Mega pen. It was the mega pen. <laughs> you could. Was it the mega. You could. Oh, it was the. Evolution pen or something, isn't it? Yeah, the Mega Evolutions. Yeah. Giant pain in the ass. And there was the, it was it the whole Mega World. Yeah. Was, was that a buy-in or could you... I can't remember. I think you bought that with currency, right? The Mega World. You could get into it, but I don't think you could progress very far. Right. Before you actually needed to buy things. Put money in. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember, though. It's been a while since I played that. <laughs> Free to start. Yep. Well, free to keep going, actually. It's a proper free-to-play game. It's free to get a decent amount of gameplay out of A really mm. decent amount of gameplay for free, to be honest. Get the puzzles. <laughs> get them puzzles. So what else has been happening in our games? So, shall we move on to someone else? I guess. Skip's done. I just can't Finish think of anything I've played. All right, all right, we'll see what you come back to. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to go or do you want Zach to go? Wait, you've been doing something <laughs> new? Let's let Kippers decide. Who goes next? Let's go for Zach. Okay. Well, I, I this is a game that we should all play, clearly, but Rocket League is doing its Christmas thing. Oh, yeah, the, the new update. Yep. Get some free keys or decryptors, so oh, they're not technically keys. Woo. Can't you only get like two or something? Right? You can get five this time. Five, is it? So okay. more than the free you could get at Halloween. <laughs> so what's the deal? What's the stuff? Same thing as Halloween. You get Snowflake as a currency and then unlock the Christmas items and five decryptors and infinite number of crates. Is there any like modes or is it just the return of ice hockey or Well for some reason they decided to put the wintry versions of the maps into ranks. So oh, okay. now you just have the weird look it's particularly the one that looks like an ice rink and it's just like, oh it's just a normal it's just a normal court. Yeah, it doesn't play differently. Yeah. No. But yeah, so that's pretty much it and you know, the Christmas items are slightly more elaborate this year now that they've got to the point where they're doing more elaborate things. Weirdly, though, the thing that I found strange from, I guess it was the update before the Christmas update where they they put in a new crate and the new crate had some new goal explosions in. Mm. And as with the first one where there was the skull and I was like, I'm going to see that constantly from now on forever because everyone wants the fucking skull. Weirdly, in this new crate, it took me like more than a week and like three or four solid sessions of playing Rocket League before I even saw a single person using either of the two new goal explosions, mm. which either means they're incredibly rare drops out of that crate or people don't really care about crates in Rocket League any longer. The only goal explosion I see frequently is the is the Dab Spectre. Yeah, but that was Halloween though, so mm. I think that was a relatively common drop out of that crate. But yeah, fucking Dab Spectre. <laughs> Whatever it's actually called, Dare yeah. Brave. 
But I didn't see either of the new... I, I think I still haven't seen one of the two. The one that they advertised on their update page, the Double Dragons explosion. I don't think I've actually seen that. I've seen the Polygon explosion, which is kind of cool. Hmm. <laughs> one to get. Yeah, maybe. But I've only seen that, like, once. I've not been, like, super enamoured of any of the gold explosions so far. I thought it would be a cool thing, but it's like <laughs> none of them have really... I've looked at it and gone, I have to have it. Well, some of them have... Um, kind of. I mean, I don't mind like the fireworks. That's yeah, just, like sure. a kind of an upgrade to the ring yeah. explosion. I guess I like the grunt birthday party. <laughs> of course, because <laughs> it's that sound, right? The ray. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, but yeah. You get your five free decryptors and unlock basically just skins as always <laughs> because crate drops. That's how that works. I've got like four out of the five drop. I've used four decryptors. I've got four out of the five skins that can drop out of the crate. So I'm going for going for all of the skins. Apparently, I'm hesitant to say it, but it's still the way you should do loot boxes. Is like Rocket League, really? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was always going to be like that because it was like they never were going to. It how was always they, going how to be they, cosmetic. Yeah, how could they do it? And there was no progress. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the way Overwatch does it better. Yeah, Overwatch is fine. I know some people still have their own gripes about how Overwatch does it. And in fairness, Cause it, cause they've, those... they've kind of made good on some of the problems I think people had with it last year, right? Because this year has. Overwatch hasn't been as good this year simply because they've been repeating events from last year, right? There hasn't been many new too many new exciting things happening and so like when when like when they repeat summer games and when they repeated halloween at least all of the old stuff came back but better than that they made the currency cost of the old stuff the same way, as normal stuff yeah way cheaper so if you want if you really wanted to buy into that stuff your dupe money was you weren't burning a ridiculous amount of dupe money to get the get the mercy witch skin which everyone wants <laughs> um and I conveniently got this year for like out of a box. And it's like, I, I, I like the the way Overwatch does it because when you get a crate, you don't have to f- freaking buy a key to open it. Yeah, true. Yeah, you don't just get an inventory full of yeah full of crates. That's what I hate about CS:GO and I mean Rocket, Rocket League, is, League. Is, is rotten with that as well. Yeah, it's like, like you, you just fill you up get crates. crates, but you can't open them unless you yeah, pay. Yeah, I hate yeah. that. Like I'd like to just be able to open them. Like and if I want more, then let me buy more. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I mean so like, don't don't just give me crap to fill my inventory i know that's part of the point right to be like you've got all this you've got all this potential man <laughs> I mean, that... and it's and in a weird way it's like a limit to like some people's overspending problems in some what in, in a very bad way admittedly because you get tons of crates but you know you could say like actually, <laughs> you could actually open all the crates you have and then you can't and then you buy can't... more crates. and yeah, then, yeah, see, and then yeah. there's no point going with <laughs> the cryptos yeah yeah theoretically Still fucking lot of crates though. The, my my inventory has that. like five hundred crates in it. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, makes it really awkward when I'm trying to mash like uncommon items together because the crates count as uncommon. Yeah, so it just I mean, feels lit. Rocket League solves itself with having that being like a filter, right? You can put that in somewhere else. Like, here's your crate collection. Well, Rocket League has an option to toggle them off. Does it? In the options menu, you can hide crates, and they don't appear in your inventory, and they don't appear on the drop screen, but you oh, still get you them. still get them. <laughs> I need to turn that on. That would that would be way nicer. <laughs> yeah, probably. I did not know that existed. That's cool. So there's that. And then, you know, I played more fucking Factorio. 
I finished mm. more or less finished my fucking third redesign of this base, but about midway through doing the building part after I'd finished all the designing parts. It's your cloud land or whatever it is. Yeah, C block. C block. Once I got f- about halfway through building this thing after I'd done all the design work, I was already realizing like things I'd done wrong and how I'd do version four better. And I was thinking about like the new designs that are going to be happening. But that's so like the way C block is progressing for me at least is like the the designs that I've done at this this third tier have been all about getting the getting the like different kinds of metal plates on a belt running into my base and then I'm going to use that to make a new science lab that's going to basically let me research most of the science <laughs> but the trouble with C block is that the real end goal is these incredibly long like ridiculously resource heavy sciences because typically I like I'll design a lab setup that does like one science pack per second and that's like normal that's more well it's enough for like a regular game of Factorio but then the science that C blocks adds one science pack a second is going to take like 35 hours to do one research it's like that's just not you what you want to scale that up so now I'm because that's really the problem with my third design of this space is I built it like I would a regular Factorio factory mm. and not really considering the fact that because I'm making everything out of nothing because it's C-Log, I should just be scaling everything up and individualizing it all so it's all like each thing builds everything from nothing within a constrained unit rather than trying to belt things around and stuff. I see. So like, yeah, you, like each particular task should be its own completely separate factory effectively. Yeah. I think that would probably be better, but that, then, but then that does require you to scale everything up a lot more because you're basically duplicating everything in individual segments. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just have the the part of your factory that makes sulfuric acid and then you pipe it out. You have each individual fact- part of your factory has its own little mini version of that. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It's still, but on the other, on the other hand, I might not continue playing C block much longer because a new version of Factorio actually came out. Oh, point one six has arrived. Although apparently I might not be able to play it yet because there's what some people consider a bug, but may not be a bug about like belt compression, like how many items you can get on a belt because it's all weirdly like you almost say physics based sort of. Like the items have a specific size, and then the inserters put them on the belts, but they don't like go into a slot on the belt or anything. They just go wherever the inserter puts them. So if there's a gap that's smaller than the width of the item, you can't put anything in there, mm. and then that reduces the total throughput of that belt because there's like a tiny gap, and like the inserters are leaving gaps all over the place. So belt compression becomes a problem, and they've kind of patched out one of the ways that you used to be able to fix that. And now, so now you can't compress belts as easily and everyone's kind of pissed off. Like, now I have to redesign my factory with this unnecessarily complicated way to fix this problem, but now that's the only way you can do it with this patch. Mm. So why? It I guess it's the bigger question. The main reason that that happened was because they, behind the scenes, they redid the programming of belts. So, like, belts become, like... The, the instead of each individual tile of a belt in progr- programmatically behind the scenes, like an entire straight line of belt becomes like one object essentially. Okay. So it doesn't have to calculate. So it's an efficiency thing. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't yeah. have to calculate so much. But then that's kind of messed up the, the like side loading and like inserters putting stuff onto the belts. Mm. So they might fix it, or they might come up with some other solution. Because uh, really, the main way that you used to solve the compression of op- option was a bug in itself. 
where if you used an underground belt and had an inserter put an item onto the underground belt, for some reason that it caused the inserter to be always be able to put the item down, it would just like shove the other items out of the way. Oh, right. Like it would temporarily it would, it would stop the throw to flow yeah, yeah. to insert the thing in. It's it like would, that it was would... technically a bug, but it allowed you to fully compress the belt. So now people mm-hmm. are like, well, you could just make it so the inserters can do that naturally. Like then you wouldn't have to worry about having the underground belt bug. Right, yeah. But maybe that makes it too easy, or maybe it makes it too complicated, or maybe yeah. that's hidden information that you shouldn't actually know or care about, or whatever. But the big thing that's changed in 1.6 is the train generation has actually changed. with And also, the train graphics have been updated to high res. Nice. But yeah, the train, the train graphics have been updated, the train generation algorithm has been changed, and they've introduced cliffs! As if, like in Command & Conquer. Oh right! As like, in, like you know, there's just like the, little, the weird, the weird hills that aren't really hills yeah, hills that don't actually yeah. have any high height technically, yeah, yeah. but they're just convenient obstacles. They just look like hills. Yeah, they just look like terrain elevation, but bits of rock. Yes, bits of rock. <laughs> but that should make a fairly big difference. But again, that's another thing that people are like super divided about because it, all it's doing is just making it less convenient to build your factory. <laughs> Yeah, but then and then, so then that's some, all that game is really, isn't it? Just like create, solving the problem, creating new yeah, problems. Yeah, because that's yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, so obviously that's going to create issues of like rooting stuff. But then the trouble is that the main thing that would be inconvenient to me is railways, because when I'm building a railway in Factoria, I'm using a blueprint that's basically just got a two straight rails going one way or the other, and I'm just stamping that down as I go along to wherever I go, and then like I make junctions and angles and bits and stuff. Whereas now with cliffs, it's like I have so to be get, building it all individually. You have to, to get creative every time. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like that's just a big inconvenience. Well, unless you can blueprint to the various hill tiles that end up. I'm not there. sure it's as it, tiled it, as that. I think okay. it's like quite. It's, like, a little, it's a little more organic procedural. than the CNC stuff. You mean? Yeah. Right. But then, then of course, the counter argument to that is it, they've also introduced what they call cliff explosives that just yet let you demolish the cliffs. Oh, interesting. But then it's like, so but then surely you just do that. Yeah, and then it's like then you just do that, and also it's still another step to yeah. the process of building a straight rail. You have to go in there, throw the cliff explosive at the cliff to get rid of the cliff, and then blueprint the thing. <laughs> but also doesn't make a great deal of sense because yeah. you're breaking the whole height map. Yeah, the whole theoretical height map. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's like it's a big, confu- like some people like it, some people don't. Of course, you can just turn them off. It's an option in the map generator to generate with or without cliffs and how much cliffs. Mm. So I guess it's an option. So that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to worry about whether you like it or not. You can just choose whether they exist or not. I think they should have just not what if they were going to do cliffs. The cliff explosion thing. Yeah, that, that, get seems, rid of that. that seems like a dumb idea. Yeah, yeah. but unless they go all in and start actually modeling height. Yeah, properly. that too. Or just, instead of the cliff explosives, do some other, like, m- like mechan- mechanism to deal with cliffs. Like, if you could have your railways just go up a ramp on a cliff or something, mm. so you could build over them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because then you'd, you'd still have the problem of obstructing your factory, but it yeah. wouldn't be so inconvenient for doing your actual logistics part. Still a, still a solution, ultimately. But just one you have to weigh up, like, does it make sense to build a bridge effectively or... Yeah. 
and it would probably look real weird. Yeah. Because the, the train track would essentially be a straight line, except it wouldn't. <laughs> it was it's the same problem that you have with underground belts at the moment, because you they still you still place the start of the underground belt and the end of the underground belt, and they're in line, but because of the cliff, it looks like it's on a slope. But it's mm. not, but it's, it looks like it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. The classic tile-based fake cliffs problem. Yeah, yeah. They're not actually climbing. No. So, yeah, there's that. I haven't really played this new version at all because I've still been in Seed Lock, but that's fine. Because it sounds like I, I it sounds like I'd be really annoyed by the belt compression thing because mm. side loading onto belts is important to me. <laughs> <laughs> to your designs. And my yeah. designs. Yeah. Is that it? Um, Just Factorio? Mostly, yeah. I think so. How droll. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing? Mostly Spazoon. Well, last weekend, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Splatfest happened again, and so I got properly involved and played way too much. Not enough to get me to be a... <laughs> not actually enough even not, then. Yeah, not even <laughs> then. I, I, I put, oh, I don't know, like load, loads of hours into it, and yeah, still didn't make become... What was the... I don't even remember what the film... Film versus books, that was it. I still didn't become a film king. It seems like I'm that last level champion. is the long is like way longer than the other ones because like getting the champion is relatively easy. <laughs> you, it, it was it goes like uh, ten points, twenty points, fifty points, ninety nine points, and that ninety nine is tricky because like and I ran out of time basically before Splatfest ended mm. uh, in the end, and it was because I I needed one more, I just needed one more game. If we had won the last game, I'd have made it, but we lost it, and it's like so I just needed one more game, and it ended during the matchmaking <laughs> and it's like no <laughs> how many snails does that count for that difference in level uh i actually don't know oh, well because <laughs> i haven't made it to king i don't know what you get i know if you're on if you're a champion and you're on the winning side you get 16 snails right um <laughs> we've never talked about snails i suppose the sea snails are the thing that let you do like extra stuff with your gear basically yep. if you want to upgrade it beyond its purchased state or what else do they do is it just that add slot adding? It's the re-roll, it? right? You can re-roll the slots. Oh, the immediate, the immediate them. re-roll. Yeah, yeah. It's no, that seems a bit of a waste. Just yeah. scrub and earn it. Um, uh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of well, the times when I've played for two recently, I saw like quite a few of the people in the plaza are now turning into the buy my clothes. Where it's they've oh, got right. clothes with very specific stat setups on them, oh, and because obviously that gets voted up, those automatically come into your plaza. Mm. So it's like if you want to get clo- clothes which will have like all of the same buff on, on every slot or I, whatever. I have been seeing more players that over the Splatfest that had that set up. You know, like they had clothes with all one stat, <laughs> probably because reason. they bought them off those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I saw quite a few people that had like nothing but run stat, for instance, mm. and. They didn't look like they were running that much faster because you know it's, it's no, it doesn't make that much difference. Splatoon has the diminishing returns. I did see right? that video it's... of Splatoon One where it was like an entire team that had all run speed, mm. but they were playing on like one of the rank games where it was like get to the middle first, and that's basically how you win. That helps, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's perfect. I, I really liked the special map this time. I thought it was quite interesting with the uh, central turntable that was always like it was like a circle but half of it was always always being spread with each team's color so like you'd have a purple side being spread by one side and you'd have a green side being spread by the other side and you know so the last the last few seconds of the game it was always oh how much of this circle can we cover with the enemy like just get the enemy's color out of it to gain a few extra percent 
or you could farm it effectively for special because you'd always be scoring points mm. by shooting the side that was always being spread with the enemy team. But then they had some neat ideas which I actually quite like would would make sense for some of the actual levels. Like they had they would have you'd have a, a your team color spreader near your base, for instance. So there was always ink to swim through to get out of the base and things like that. So that, would that... and would also prevent people from getting up the slope to your base. Well, sure, like. Uh, like Easily, you could but, still <laughs> spray it, obviously, but like because there was a thing moving back and forth, it really wouldn't last any amount of time. But is that like necessary? I don't know. I don't know. It just it was it was another way of preventing like people getting too close to your spawn, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose like the spawn protection mechanics. I mean, but they're, they're, at a certain point, you could just put the like put the force field wall further away, and that yeah. would still solve the problem yeah. to some extent, except not really. Because it's the design of the level around the spawn that's the actual mm. thing that determines how easy it is to get out of your spawn. <laughs> yeah, but I, re- I yeah, I, I enjoyed that level. I thought it was a neat one. Like it was a bit less mental than the one they did at the last Splatfest with the multiple rotating walls, and they weren't spreading. But like that was the, the they were effectively like two massive rotating doors to get to the, each each half of the level, mm. which was a bit tricky to manage. Like you couldn't really escape if you went into your opponent's half. Getting back was was risky. <laughs> Or trying to get back could be risky. Um, uh, yeah, so it was a good Splatfest. Enjoyed that. Played a lot of it. Splatoon's amazing. I know they've added the new mode since like this weekend or something, but I haven't played it yet. Sounds a bit mental. We'll give that a go. What, the clam ball? Some clam blitz? Clam Power clams? Something about clams. Yeah. Get your clams. Uh, so good. Uh, I haven't played any Mario. I haven't played any Mario. <laughs> well, it's because you, you finished it quite yeah. right, and then you just stopped, because you had other things to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to finish Hellblade, which I did. Let's just hope that Dan has played Mario. Yeah, let's hope he's finished it by he's the end of the year. He's got two more weeks yeah. before we have to talk about the spoilers. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, so I, f- I finished Hellblade. I don't really have a great deal more to add to it than what I said before. It continues to be exactly what you think that game is. Um, well, we were theorizing about how, like, how explicit the ending is in telling you anything at all i mean you start it's not explicit but you do start to piece together what's going on yourself kind of like there was there is a moment in it where you're like ah i can kind of i think i I think i get what's happening i I think i i think i understand the nature of senua um at least Mm. um uh, and you know it, it gets more intense as it goes on. I'll say that much. It's like some of the boss fights get way more tough. I think some of the ending style has borrowing a little bit from what DMC did. You know, so obviously Ninja Theory have learned a few tricks <laughs> along the way, and they're like, oh, we can do some of that again. Um, uh, I thought, yeah, the, the writing was just properly good, and it ratchets up. There is one mechanic that I think doesn't work so well, and that's one of these stay out of the shadows type things. Right. You know, a bit like the old Gears of War. Don't be in the don't be in the dark, the krill are gonna eat you. Um except that it's a representation of panic or <laughs> something. And I, and I think that's one of the weaker elements of psychosis that's represented here. Um and it's also like I don't know even though the feature the, there's a featurette in the game as well that talks about how they very, very good actually about what you know how they represented the psychosis and the process they went through to create the game as it is, mm. and it's 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 worth a watch, but only watch it once you've finished the game, <laughs> right? Because it's spoilerific, and it also does 
explain some of their their thinking behind the storyline and how it plays out as it is so it's quite useful as it's like like so i'd already had my own ideas with it and then watch this thing and it's like it cemented some of what i thought a little strongly and it's like okay so i was along the right lines and then filled in some gaps mm. you know it's like so it was it was it's a pretty good watch in that respect and uh yeah it's a, it's a very strong game very strong it's pretty great um and i hope this carries a I do hope it carries on the trend of this, you know, you can make smaller games for a smaller price with a AAA budget or not actually that much <laughs> no, of a budget, but make, but make it look that, give it that quality level and it'd be good. Um, admittedly, Ninja Theory are quite, you know, they're a long running, super talented studio. This might not be possible for many people mm. to do what they do. But I hope we see more of it because otherwise it's going to be another three or four years till we see another project like this. I wonder how well it's sold. Uh, enough to be profitable, so <laughs> they can they can fund another pro- Ninja Fury themselves can do this again. So it's it's whether or not it's made them lots of money, who knows? But it's at least this game has been sustainable. Let's put it that way. Um, so for them, it's a success. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I uh, could not be happier. They deserve it. It's good. It's good. What? Um, they, did they make the last DMC? Was it? Uh, Ninja Fury made DMC before this, yeah. Yeah, I thought um, that was properly DMC good is well. amazing. Properly great game. <clears throat> like, People hated on it because yeah, it was DMC. Yeah. It wasn't like the others, I, but... I do not understand the... The dis the, the sort of like why why people dislike DMC. Yeah, it's a retelling What's and a very different retelling of the original. Like or you know nothing like the original. You know it's it's a it's a different take on it. It's probably but be, it's a great take. It's probably because it would be like the not it would be a more extreme version of people liking Dark Souls or Bloodborne. It's like <laughs> they're similar, but it's like not really the same style of gameplay even. Well, I mean, it's the same style, but it's not. Like, the original DMCs were super hard and precise, and you mm. had to do it in a very specific way, whereas this is more just like a first-person action game of the modern age where you just hit buttons and shit blows up. <laughs> kind of, but it was difficult. It was difficult, but not as difficult, and that's, like, that's where, like, you... You get those hardcore people who are super fans of that first game because it was so hardcore, and then it's just like, yeah, now first, it's the, baby mode. <laughs> the first Devil May Cry was... It's an awkward game to play. I came into it fairly late. I, pl- I played Devil, the, I have played the first Devil May Cry, but I didn't get very far into it. I didn't, I didn't necessarily understand why it was such a thing, and I still kind of don't, like why the original was important. And a lot of people hold that first Devil May Cry game in, a, in like in very high regard. Like that's the one, like that's the game. DM, like Devil May Cry two, a lot I, I think isn't seen in quite such a good light. And I don't know about the others. I just don't know at that point. Um, but DMC, what a game! <laughs> yes, what a game. what a soundtrack as well. Oh, it's just it's just a quality thing. Like anyone who doesn't doesn't like that game, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. Yeah, I love that game. I think I might That's have been really my good. pick for the game of the year that year it came out, like, but got overruled I by something. <laughs> quality, quality thing. Um, uh, that was probably one of my favourite games in the last few years, actually. Mm. Genius. Yeah, you played a lot more than I did, so you got you got. Yeah, a I lot did, further down there. I did all the stupid modes, or a lot of them. Yeah, like the one hit kill on mm. you, but not them. 
Oh, hell and hell. Yeah. I think I was going through heaven and hell last time I played it, which obviously trivialized a lot of the big fights. Yeah, that was super easy. Yeah. But it was kind of fun anyway. (laughs) Because you could still get it wrong in in the more manic ones. And I'd be like, oh, I've got to do this whole section again. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else have we been playing? I've been playing Flinthook. Mm-hmm. the other game I started. By, I really wanted them to make a good game, tribute games, because <laughs> they had such a strong... I don't know if it was their first outing, technically, but Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game. What a game that was. And that was these guys, you know, it was like... Quality pixel art. Quality music by Anna Managuchi. <laughs> Two things which was maybe not anything to do with the development studio. I mean, tribute are very pixel art. Everything they've done has always been pixel yeah, art. Yeah, but they, the artist for Scott Pilgrim was like hired in, right? Was... Uh, to help. I don't I don't think he did the pixel art, but, you know, because you know, his the comics weren't pixel art or anything like no. that, sure. But you know, they, they used his style for, like, the some of the look of that game, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, all had to be animated and, and, and produced that way. And it, yeah, oh, it was a quality piece of piece of game. Love that thing. And then they made Mercenary Kings, <laughs> which we're yet to play, admittedly ourselves. But the reception of it was very, very lukewarm. Well, the problem with Mercenary Kings was the content issue, not necessarily anything to do really. Well, and slack. the actual structure of how like bosses move around the level. Well, that was to go chase them that was an element of and... the content issue. It's because yeah. of the lack of the content that they had to implement that system to kind of spread the content out more, essentially, mm, and make it harder <laughs> to actually complete the missions unless you're playing in co-op. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's all, there are elements of that game where I can see why people have problems with it. Um, and I, I think they might have done something else since then, but I don't. Don't remember it. Anyway, Flinthook. By them. Still pixel art. Still kick-ass chip tunes. Sort of chip tunes. You know, sort of chip instruments with like proper drum backing and stuff like that. It's a good sounding game. They've made a roguelike. Um, a roguelite, I suppose. Yeah. So, <coughs> it's going to be hard to describe this without making comparisons to Rogue Legacy because it looks quite similar yeah it's structure it is structurally very similar you go but instead of having one big run like Rogue Legacy does with a goal to get to the end of it um possibly doing a little boss fight on the way you know like isn't Rogue Legacy you don't have to do all four bosses in one run you well, just like, Legacy, once you've done it once you, you can skip that boss the second time but well you, yeah you just have to do all four bosses once and then you do, on the on the theoretically on your last run you don't have to do any run you just go through the big door to the the boss. and go to the boss yeah uh, but yeah so so Flint Hook's a little difficult in that it's separated into mini runs there's like five courses effectively mm. um of increasing length as it turns out um each with the same boss at the end like so you do you're, you're going after bounties effectively and the bounty is your course and that defines what the levels look like it defines their difficulty level and to some extent it defines the variants of the rooms you could find along the way um so the basic premise is, is you get um you're in the first bounty for instance you have to visit three ships in order um you have to get through the ship get out but the start of each, like, you get a ship selection at the start, so you can see, like, some um, tags about what levels it's going to generate. Right. It's like, oh, this has got tougher enemies. This has got this has got a librarian if you want to get some lore <laughs> to bring back. Oh, this this, this this is this is a cornucopia. There's going to be lots of food, so health might not be a problem on this level. 
always avoid the ones that say danger room. Those rooms are evil. Um, yeah, so you can see what's coming up, but you can, you can make a choice, basically. And, and there's a general difficulty rating associated with it with as well. I mean, so you can, it's sort of... I mean, the road legacy comparison there would be like, what child do you pick? Like, basically, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. picking your abilities, except in this one, it's picking the level that's countering your abilities. Yeah, so actually, maybe I should go back a step, because the, like instead of having the ability, it has a perk system. So you, you don't level up your character, per se. You, you earn currency to earn more perk slots, and your XP gives you more random perks from a card pool that you could potentially assign to yourself. Right. So you build up the possible perks you could get, um, and your perk limit slowly increases. So if you want more health, you have to attach that as perks. Mm. If you want a different, slightly different gun behaviors, you attach that as perks. Um, you want to come out of a, you want you want to waste a slot and give yourself more XP so you gain more potential perks next run. You can do that if you want. <laughs> um, uh, and eventually, I think you'll get things like, oh, do you want to get more gold and stuff like that, and you know, things like that. So you can you can customize your loadout basically, but that game's hard. Mm. Like whichever way you look at it, that game is properly hard. Out of the five bounties, I've I can't finish the second one, and I think it's partially due to how that thing controls. That's it. That's its hook, is how it controls. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a run and a two D run and gun, primarily, but on the right trigger, you always have your hook, and the levels are filled with like these yellow diamonds, and you can hook your hook to any of those to go flying. And like head in that general direction. So you're zipping about the level, trying to run and gun with one stick, which is a problem. <laughs> um, while zipping around in the hook, trying to avoid what what sort of boils down to bullet hell style levels. Really, there'll be stuff flying around. You got a zip, a bit like Rogue Legacy. You got to zip through the gaps while shooting the thing. And you know when you shoot all the things, all the doors open, and you can travel around. And then it's just like a classic Rogue like follow the map, go to the rooms, get your treasures, get, buy more perks as you go. Carry on, get to the boss, hopefully win, hmm. and that's it. That's its structure. That's what that's what that game is. Like it's the problem I have of it is that it's just not that much more interesting than that. Like in terms of a roguelite, I think it's light on the secrets so far. It's light on the what you can find elsewhere. It, like, and admittedly, I think I'm quite early in it, so I don't know for sure. <coughs> if it, well, my voice is going a bit. <laughs> um, I'm not, I don't know for sure if that's all this game has, but it doesn't feel... I don't know. You know very early on in Isaac that there's a great deal of, what the hell is that? What <laughs> the hell the is this? All the different items. Yeah. And like, like weird secrets that unlock when you do a run yeah. that change all the next run. Exactly, yeah. And that's that's. I think that's a big trick to those games being replayable. And I'm not getting the sense that this has that. Like, everything's quite predictable. There's a room with treasure in it. There's a room with shop in it. There's a room with... A fight in it. I mean, technically that is predictable in Isaac as well. <laughs> sort of, but I don't think there's much more than that, right? You can see all the items. There's no, there's not so much of a, here's a thing you can do, what is it? It's going to be random. It's not that random. Mm. Um, like it's not It's not that balls out crazy. Uh, and maybe some people want that. Maybe some people want it a little a little bit laid back. Like I even think like, like you know, Enter the Gungeon is way more random, is or way more possibility. Well, I mean, yeah, um, it's because like, I mean, Rogue Legacy wasn't that, and that's why, because it was like, Rogue Legacy, the only the way that that changed over time was you were building up your, you were building up your personal skills, but then you were also actually unlocking the tech tree. Your, your guy was getting stronger constantly, yeah. 
And that's like a different way of doing it rather than the Gungeon and Isaac method of like everything is random on the run and you have to build the run as yeah, you're yeah. going through it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think actually that might be the other thing about Flint Hook is that I, I think that perk tree doesn't, the number of perks you can get, that the limit doesn't go very high. Mm. And, I, and so I think there's going to come a point relatively quickly where it's like, okay, I'm going to be limited now. Well, are you going to get like stronger versions of perks you already know or something? Maybe? Uh, I mean, you do, but they cost more slots. Well, oh, okay. That's, mm, yeah, that is going to limit it then. Yeah. Like you'll load it. I mean, I mean, the obvious one is like you can get like a, there are some improved versions that give you more for your slot, I suppose. So I've got one, uh, you get lots of HP variants. That's like, so, but they're often one of them is like, uh, spend two perk slots to get a plus 10, hmm. but, or you could spend four to get the 25, which is better than putting two plus twos in. You right. Know, see what I mean? So like, you'll get a more powerful, it'll cost you more slots, but you'll get more out of it for spending more slots. Like the more expensive ones are more effective, effectively. Yeah, but you still for their cost. But you'll still be using up all those slots rather than just having yeah. a single one that's just more powerful. Yeah. So that's its balance, and it's I guess. So I'm a bit worried that. So I'm really struggling with the boss on run two. I can get there, but it takes you like forty minutes to get to it. <laughs> um, that's my other problem, I suppose, with roguelikes in general. You have to be ready for this. It's like you'll get to the boss and you'll get destroyed, and then you have to do at least half an hour's worth of work to get back to it. Yeah. Um, and I find the boss in section two, Gold Feathers, as he's called, really tricky, and it highlights a bit of a problem I have with the control scheme because it's one, it's a one-stick shooter, right? But there are moments like this boss has a. You're supposed to attack it from above when it's when it's vulnerable, and there are there are rings above it so you can zing across. But the game has a press down to quick dive. Right. So I'm trying to shoot down, diving onto its head, getting hurt when I do so. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of the tip guides I've seen is you also have a chrono belt, which, so you can slow down time. So I guess I'm supposed to slow down time, zip across him, shoot downwards to accidentally start the dive, but get a few shots off. And what? And just in just the nick of time of chrono belt, get another hook off, so I'm getting out of danger. But the, the amount of time you get on Chronobelt is really short. It's mm. like two seconds at most. So you've got to do all that really quickly, get out, and it's like I'm, I'm just hurting myself constantly. Um, and I and I'm bare, I can barely get halfway through that boss, like its health bar, before I'm just done. Even if I go into it with all my health perks and the max health out, and it's I just don't know how I'm going to do that. Like there might be one. There's one Gurren power up I know of that adds a little bit of gravity to the shot. Which might actually be super helpful. <laughs> you can just arc it in. Yeah, but your bu- your bullets don't go. Your shot doesn't go very far either. Mm-hmm. So you have to get quite close to hurt things. And it's like I I, mm, I think the controls are letting it down in that respect. There is a pro mode, and I don't know what that does. Maybe it does turn it dual stick. Yeah, but that would completely change the game in that case. Yeah. So I honestly don't know. And like I, after a couple of like I've done f- three or four runs on the on on this level two bounty and. I think I'm this close to giving in in the same way that I gave in in Isaac, although I can understand that Isaac is way cooler. Because <laughs> um, I just didn't put the time in to figure out where everything was. And I had so many runs of Isaac where it would just screw me that yep. I, got, I got fed up with it. That's the, that's the trick. That's um, Isaac. I think I defeated Mum once. Isaac's I haven't done any of the post-game extra stuff where, it, like, the real game, I suppose. Yep. I love that game. Oh, I can understand why. It's a it's a it's a pretty great thing. It's one but, of my favorite games. Yeah, but yeah, it's the frustration factor is too high for me. 
It's this kind of fun though part of it that you get screwed because some it's just funny sometimes. Oh, sometimes <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hilarious. Uh, like like uh, you, you got like really a awesome build, then you pick up like the cacoderm or whatever it's called, and you start launching like ridiculous explosions everywhere or something. You just curious, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you press fire that. and like twelve bombs go out. Yeah. Like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it kills them real quick, but it's really difficult not to die in the process. Or you get like the explosive diarrhea or something, and you just laying bombs everywhere. And... Or you, or you just completely fuck it up in a different like when like you pick up brimstone and it combines badly. Yeah, you think you're getting something awesome, and it's like, oh shit, that's actually real difficult to use. <laughs> I boned myself. <laughs> Gravity brimstone is a classic <laughs> yeah. situation. As soon as it goes circular, that can cause a whole world of problems. Gravity brimstone. Yeah, because the brimstone is the classic laser, the big laser that just shoots across the screen after you charge it up. But you can get various things that cause gravity effects that like bend the beam in the, well, in the around, later around the world, isn't it? Yeah, the tiny planet and stuff. Yeah, oh, tiny planet. Weird. <laughs> that can make it. That can either make it good or really difficult to use. And when you're already using the laser and you think you're all good, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to pick this up. It can't possibly make this worse, and then it does, and then you're screwed. <laughs> well, you're not screwed. It just makes it a lot more difficult. <laughs> It does get really mental, some of the combinations. <laughs> yes, once they, once they kind of made that idea the idea that it should have been, like once they got into the second DLCs and stuff, when they mm. actually made the combinations more and actually all work in some way, that was where it got real crazy. You, know, you could build really ridiculous things. Mm. But you did have to kind of know. Yeah, or risk the random sometimes. Or some stuff you just don't know, right? That there are plenty of times in Isaac where it's just like, I don't know what this is going to do. Yeah, because if you've not got the item before, you can't check the item P or whatever to see what they do. Mm. Unless you just go on the wiki, of course. That's yeah. the other uh, technique to and the rogue plenty of ways where you gain stuff and it is just a question mark, right? And there's, and it's like, uh, there's it, a power-up that makes... going to be useful? There's a power-up that makes all power-ups unknown or something, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, you can get them. Oh, yes, I've seen that. Complete, oh. Completely random, where just, every item stand is just a twist rock. You're just like, yeah. well, I'm, it's an item of some kind, I'll just get it and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Flint Hook has none of this, right? I think it, it, it desperately needs some of this variation. Yeah, that's what made Isaac great, though, isn't it? Because it's... The, the runs so are so random every time. The runs I'm having are already feeling too samey. Mm. Yeah, it's just like the hook is just like it's pure, it's pure skill. If, if you want that, where you just have exactly, to yeah. get good at the patterns and do the thing correctly. If you want that, it's exactly that. But I think for me, it's just that little bit too hard to make the lack of random feel like I'm making progress, it, it, meaningful progress each mm. for the amount of time I'm putting in. It's like, sure, I'm getting the green currency out, which lets me buy more perks or buy a, th- a permanent, um, uh, was it, XP bonus or something, or you know, the permanent unlocks aren't all that great, and it's or all that effective at the moment. Anyway, maybe I'll get more experience and I'll find something super useful. It's like, oh, I have a permanent HP boost that doesn't rely on a perk. If that stuff starts appearing then maybe the, my, this concept of progress starts becoming a thing again and I can just Rogue Legacy my way through it. Mm. Just, just keep running until I get more stuff. But but I, I'm but not convinced you, of that. Yeah, right even now. if that is going to happen, it's taking too long, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking too long for my patience level, anyway. Mm. It's just not enough. I mean, I'm already seeing, like... That, so it does the, the Rogue Legacy thing where the rooms are, like, pre-made, right? And, yeah. But there's, and it stitches them together. But 
you know, when you start seeing, I'm, I, I've played enough of it that I'm seeing deep rooms frequently enough. Mm. And it's like, occasionally, yeah, you get a variant that you've never seen before. You get one of those tags and you go, oh, we'll see what that is. And then you immediately decide, I don't ever want to pick a level with that variant in again. It's like Vertigo um, in Rogue Legacy. Yeah. Never pick Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it once for the laugh. And then it's like, yeah, well, that's just, that's just a bum thing now. Never yep. pick that. <laughs> yeah, that's just too much of a problem. Uh, yeah, there's there's things like that where it's just like oh, I'm never doing that. I'm never doing danger rooms if I can avoid it because you just lose all your health because they're really hard and they're just stupid like hazard rooms basically. Yeah. And actually, you know, I think none of the rooms are. Oh, some of the rooms are scrolling, but they're like limited in some way that they're only horizontal scroll, like or only, legacy. Yeah. yeah, or they're only vertical scroll, or but like they're really tight in that you know they feel cramped. Mm. So, like, if there's hazards in that room and you pull it and you're trying to get through it, because it's like the hook, hooking's all momentum based, right? And it'll yeah. fling you based on the angle between you and the hook. So, if you're trying to get through a gap and you get it just a fraction of a second wrong, you could be fling, flinging yourself straight into a hazard, right? Yeah. And because it's momentum, there's nothing you can do about that. And in some of the vertical stages, you, like, it requires you to hook your way up and you could fling yourself into a hazard that was off screen. And it's like, ah. <laughs> So I could remember this room layout, I suppose, eventually. Yeah. But it's it's quite frustrating. But also has some element of this is a neat idea to it. Mm. And you know, and the sort of pirate you know, space pirates in wooden ships for some <laughs> reason. And the music's really good. Like I can't I can't stress that enough. The music is quite addictive and gets stuck in your head, even if you don't want it to. Mm. It's like there are elements of the day where I'm just sat there going, I really need to get this pirate thing out of my head. (laughs) Pirate music does tend to do that. Yeah. For some reason. It's the shop music. The sort of like jaunty shop music in that game just doesn't leave my brain. Just like the (laughs) eShop. Yeah, just like the eShop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or the uh, Everybody Votes channel. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. No. Uh... I guess that's pretty much it. I played Doom VFR briefly. Okay. Oh, God. On a PSVR without move controllers. I think move controllers might be required. <laughs> does seem like it for that kind of... Because it's like aim with your face. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sure that works. Yeah, uh, aim, with, aim with your face never seemed like a good idea, even, tele- even before VR. Teleport with your face. It's all about telefragging. Stumble stuff. Oh, right. Like, get people into the stagger state and then just teleport into them and they explode. <laughs> Which means you don't get those canned animations that I guess would make you very sick. Yeah. In VR, the, the glory, don't, don't you have to do those to get the power, like the drops? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I assume so, but they didn't teach me that in the in the tutorial stuff. Is, isn't works. that how it works in the normal? It game? does. Yeah, you need to do, glory kills give you more stuff uh, out of the corpses. You know, more health and more stuff. But it's just a bit because things are still shooting at you, right? And so the, the you've got this look around and teleport thing, but it's got one of those. Uh, snap turns, I suppose. Again, I, I guess as a way of not making you feel sick, so you push left and right on the stick to snap turn like a certain number of degrees, right? Um, which is takes some getting used to in itself because it's quite disorientating, like trying to work out which way you're actually now facing. But it also has like a, a jink mechanic on the D pad, so you can sort of go zip, 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 and this, it's a very quick movement, but like in like a step, right? Um, so that's I guess that's how you're supposed to dodge fire. Come at while still looking roughly at the right direction you want to shoot at, and it's. I think it's playable, but boy, is it a learning curve! It's not. 
it's not a skill you immediately have. Mm. Um, and it's also like they reuse stuff from like the areas you're going through, or clearly like they've lifted it from the main Doom game to put it in. So like there's recognizable areas, and it's like okay, cool. I know how to get around this bit because I played this bit. It's quite early on. This is level two. <laughs> um, uh, but there's something about how it's presented, like how a fight starts, how a, how the you know the ramp up in in the original Doom was so cool. Like like the fight starting, the music suddenly gets going, and it just goes, and all of a sudden you get the drop of the guitars, and it's like and it all comes together just as the fight does. It's like yeah, none of that slickness here. It's just like suddenly music, <laughs> like <laughs> okay. just, like pr- presentationally it loses something, and it's a uh, uh, and PSVR. I don't think it was designed originally for PSVR. If you see, what I mean, I think it might have been designed for something with a higher resolution. Yeah, it feels that was pretty bad. I mean, this is... I'll, I'll, I'll be fair to it. In the setup I was playing it on at my, at my mate's house, it was the best I've ever seen it actually do pick-up, right? The, the tracking on the headset was the best it's ever been. We've had problems at the shows, right? I had trouble with super hot VR occasionally decentering me and not tracking certain parts of my head. On occasion, it was a bit odd. Um, you know, we've had problems with it, like, in those scenarios. But in this home setup it was absolutely fine not a problem at all um so i'll give it it's due but like you know the resolution i don't yeah. think that game was designed for that lower resolution yeah it looks like things the, are garbage on that the crosshair AES is quite a lot you know that kind of thing <laughs> okay. it's, it's totally fine it plays and it runs at speed you know that element of it is fine it's just yeah the, the res was a little distracting in doom vfr in a way that it hasn't been in the other psvr stuff i've played it was like i played gran turismo in VR and that looked god awful. Oh, did it? it was that like quite a big downgrade? Uh, well, you can only have one other car on the track for one thing. <laughs> okay. Because it just can't handle more. It's very limited. From what I know, it's a very limited actual like what you're the what the cars and the tracks you can race. I think are limited in that yeah. mode as well. It's not like a full on. You can do all of GT Sport yeah. in VR. It's like it's a separate, it's a separate thing. thing. Yeah, and it's not great. I mean, I think the problem with a racing game in low resolution is you're trying to look at things that are really far away usually <laughs> like uh, the end of the road where the corner is I mean, I you're trying to visualise how far away it is and adjust your speed based on that and if it's just a big mess of pixels I actually don't think that would be too much of a problem in a game at the speed you know the realism speed of like GT Sport and Forza right like they're not they're not as quick for that to be too problematic maybe yeah like I don't think the resolution was that bad that you, you can't really see that far ahead but it's it's just irritating. <laughs> but anyway, that's a thing. Doom VFR. Uh, I just don't get the whole VR thing at the moment. Oh, Matt, Matt I'm sort of... I'm not I, getting it. I don't know, with how cheap Oculus got at some points this year, I might have been on the cusp of just being like... So yeah, but I, I, I really want to play Shooty Fruity some more. Yeah, I, <laughs> I get that, but it's, like, it's one of those technologies that it's just going to get so much better so quick. I don't know. Like, or people that, just but... give up, which is yeah, 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 yeah. It's like either going to die, or like within a couple of years, you'll have like a headset that's like ten times better than what I mean, we have I hope, now. I mean, I hope so because like the Vive is clearly the te- most technologically advanced one you can get at the moment, but it's also the most cumbersome in terms of actually setting up, like in you know, the actual way it fits on your head, the straps. Like, it's not a very ergonomic device. It's like Vive Two just needs to be. They need to. They need to take PSVR's headset design but put it with Vive Tech and you're onto a winner because the PSVR is really comfortable. Sits really nicely over my glasses, which need both the Vive and the Oculus do not. Um, 
you know, the, the, a second iteration of this stuff would be. And now you've got like Microsoft Mixed Reality headsets flooding the market as well, which is like another entry level VR solution for PC. And it's like this this stuff's starting to get out there, but like, yeah, Oculus Two and Vive Two. There's no rumors of that at the moment. Like, really, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard Vive Two might be a thing, but there's like that it's quite a way off. I yeah, think was the last we heard. I just don't think they're gonna. Exactly, it's either going to die off like before that happens, yeah, or people just aren't going to be interested enough to buy a second one. And we're yet to really, uh, we have the current problem at the well with at the moment as, as well at the moment with VR, where I think people are uh, hitting the creativity bound, the easy creativity boundary, right, in the same way that we hit with motion control and connect and the Wii, and the, doing the obvious stuff is obvious. Yeah, doing anything more interesting than going beyond that point suddenly becomes really difficult. And yeah, everyone still has uh, still working out how to even deal with existing in a virtual world and having a game happen. Yeah, and how do you move the, around? How do you integrate looking with the gameplay? At the motion sickness. How do you thing. tell people where to go where they could be looking in any goddamn direction? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, how do you, how do you uh, how do you correctly direct an experience like that? Because you can't use any of the original any techniques we currently have in video games. Really, you can't press Y to look at something exploding in the distance. Yeah, so you not that that really helped you at all in those games most of the time. No, they were they were entirely <laughs> optional. They were just like you want to look at a spectacle, press Y. Although there have been some games that have had a thing like that that is very direct. I think one of the Ninja Gaiden games had that, where you just hit, it's like Ninja Vision, you hit the button and the camera just turns around to the point you exactly where you have to go. It's like, oh, look, that open door that I didn't see. Oh, well, okay, I guess I'll go over there then. That's kind of a, that's actually kind of a neat solution to that problem in a way. Like, don't put a giant marker in the world, just, you know, turn you where you need to go. But it did, it did look kind of funny if you were standing right next to your objective and you just hadn't noticed and the camera just snaps around to it and it's like, it's here, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. I like that. I, I'm. I mean, I know we haven't. None of us have played that many VR games, right? But Shooty Fruity was the and yeah, Super Hot, Shooty Fruity and Super Hot VR were the transformative moments for me, where it's just like, okay, I get why this feels great because those both of those games just felt amazing to play. Yeah, but at the same time, like I'd probably get bored of Shooty Fruity after like a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But in a weird way, because it's like a physical game, like there's a physical skill to learn. Like you know, you just have to relearn how you point guns and things, and actually be accurate rather than pretending to be a John Woo film. <laughs> there's in some respects, like VR and the motion control thing in general, has in some ways more scope for making a simple game feel rewarding as your own personal physical skill improves. Right? It's a, a but the games have to be very carefully designed to achieve that. Mm. Just doesn't seem worth it for me. I I, I do want to know. I, I haven't done driving game in VR, so I kind of want to know if I've got the sickness legs to do like. Well, I think that. they're fine. Because like Dead Rally VR, man, that mm. sounds cool. Yeah, I think that's probably the best use of VR. Or like cockpit games. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because mm. you're it's sitting, an, it's an easy win. Yeah, because right? in yeah. in in those sort of things, you are just sitting in something. Mm. 
So it makes sense. I mean, you still get the motion problem to some degree, but like the cockpit, yeah, that's help, weird. The cockpit like, helps you because that gives you some grounding. Like when I played like, Elite in VR, that was weird. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, because you, you, you're still expecting to feel some momentum. <laughs> Even though in like a space game, theoretically, you shouldn't because like, you know, inertial yeah. dampeners and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if your mind could theoretically internalize that, but unfortunately <laughs> that's not how instincts work. You see motion and you expect to feel motion, even though <laughs> in a space game you technically wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> Keep talking where everyone explodes, VR. That sounds cool. That does sound I mean, cool. that is just a logical extension of the how that game works when you're not playing it in VR, yeah, yeah, <laughs> where you're yeah. not meant to look at the screen, so we're going to conveniently enclose the screen inside a helmet. So no one can, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm super sold on the idea, and I was this cl- as I say, I was this close to thinking about Oculus. Even though there, there are you know there are ways Oculus can do room scale now. For instance, it's a pain to set up, but you can do it. Just wait um, until next Black Friday. Yeah. Well, yeah. That as I say, if if Vive two ever becomes a thing, that might be the jumping in point, right? <laughs> if Vive two ever becomes a thing, suddenly Vive one will become real cheap. <laughs> well, I guess, <laughs> but it doesn't solve the comfort problem for me. No. Anyway, are we done with this podcast? I guess so. It's probably been way too long again. Yeah, it's been a bit long, yeah. I thought of some games I played, but I'm not going to talk about them. Oh, just really? just, just off, them off, them off. Um, I played Kingdom Hearts. Well, really? okay. Wow, that's unexpected. Yeah. Because uh, everyone keeps talking about it and saying, yeah, it's great. Why have you not played this? So I played it. And did you it play, which one did you play? Number one. Okay. Or the first okay. one. Yeah, I, that, was that sounds appropriate, right? I don't think you could jump. It, those no, games never sound to... like you can jump in, like uh, the modern ones, right? You have to play them all. You have to understand the concept. The reason I want to play is because Queen of Hearts 3 looked pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, some of the. Just that. Have you seen that Toy, toy Story? story right, yeah. God, that looks like the film. Yeah, it looks really cool. So I kind of wanted to play the others. So when it came out, I could play it and. I'd have some understanding. Yeah. yeah, but after one, I'm not sure I can put up with another one. <laughs> you, you don't think that okay, gameplay plays that? Well. Did you play I, through it? I played all of one. Yeah. Oh, cool. I finished it. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed with it. All it was right. okay. It was good. I liked. Maybe it just I liked other aged bits. Well. Yeah, it's not aged well because it is old now. Mm. It was good, but it wasn't at the same time. Like some of it was just oh, annoying. Mm. Like I liked the like mini worlds. Because obviously, yeah, yeah. I liked that part of it, but that's not the entire game. The theming of it, I guess. Yeah. So mm. that, that was cool, but yeah, I, I I didn't hate it, but just don't see why it's such a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure number two is probably better though, so that might be worth. Have you, did you get the, what? Did you get like the PS4? Was there a collection edition? Or yeah, something? it's called two point five or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what I'm sure it is. <laughs> Well, no, this oh. this isn't good. I can't remember what it's it... like. Two point six Redux Rebirth Re 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 Re. I can't remember what this one is called, but it comes with one point five, two point five, and a bunch of other games. Do you know what I played like yesterday? What we played Magical Tetris Challenge on the N sixty four, which is like oh, a Disney God, Tetris yeah. game. But I didn't realize my cartridge was in French. Because oh. <laughs> I, 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 I got it off uh, Jay and Sash, and like their kids obviously oh, yeah, spoke yeah. French. <laughs> So it's like it's one of their cartridges, and it's like it's in French, and it's like so you win, and it goes and it goes gagne like with text on screen. If you lose, it's perdu. So we were just shouting that at the end of it. Okay, of course. But that, I don't know. That's all I want to say. It's quite entertaining. Perdu. Pull I was quite surprised at how good Kingdom Hearts One actually looked on the PS4. Yeah, well, it didn't need. A- because it was mostly like you know Disney flat shading anyway, right? It just needed a 
resolution jump, and there you go. Yeah, it looked all right. It still works. So that was all right. Yeah. What do you have a rattle? Um, Wipeout. Which one? Omega. Uh, yeah, the um, PS4 collection. PS4, yeah, yeah. That looks pretty awesome. It's a good looking game. Yeah. Really, really needs a four player mode that it doesn't have. <laughs> because we tried that and it's like, oh, it only goes out to two. That's a disappointment. Because like, like, it renders internally on a pro at 4K, right? Yeah. It's like everyone could have a 1080 screen each. <laughs> yeah. If it could handle that much. Apparently it can't. <laughs> so, well, you still get your full 4K rendering at 60 in two player split screen. Just, you know, it doesn't let you even try for, which I think is a real mistake. A lot of, I don't think any game does now, though. There's very it? few, yeah. That do like split screen games in four player split anyway. Mm. Mistake! We want, really want to play it. <laughs> that game's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think their music choices aren't as good as the original no, games not. it's based on. Not at all. There's no machine gun by Noisia. There's not enough of it either. No, no, no. It's a quite, it's, it's a weirdly. Lacking for a game series that prides itself on good soundtracks, it's strangely lacking. This one, yeah, it's was... a shame because the games it's based on have pretty good soundtracks like HD Fury, it's a pretty great soundtrack. Uh, 2040, whatever it is, 9 48, 48, pretty great soundtrack on the P- on the Vita, mm-hmm. but but yeah, this this obviously licensing reasons they can't just bring them all in, no, but they could have um, bought more. Yeah, or some sort of equivalent, or yeah, just it just comes off feeling like it's the cheaper cousin because it just you get bored of it quite quick. Yeah, the soundtrack because it's just not enough of it. Just put a custom playlist in on, on or something. Yeah, <laughs> but it does look pretty amazing. Just turn the Spotify what best of Wipeout playlist okay, yeah. on in the background. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. I can't remember anything else I played though. But I'll do. Let's, let's wrap this up. More. Yep, let's get, let's get paid this podcast. Get Pete. Let's actually get Pete. <laughs> Let's have a pizza actually turn up at the house. <laughs> so, so I don't have to write a passive aggressive note on our podcast title. It's like <laughs> that's your that's your outlet for all that kind of stuff, though. Oh yeah, basically. the podcast blurb is where Rob bitches about things which he doesn't mention at any other time nope. elsewhere on the internet or in, in any podcast. Nope. It's it's it's, the, <laughs> it's it's my it's my dumping ground for all of life's other grouse. Not the house. Not necessarily house grouse. All grouse. Okay. My grouse house. It's not, my, it's not my house grouse. It's my grouse house. That's the end of this podcast. I'm sure there's videos uploaded to our web to our YouTube channel, not to our website. But <laughs> um, we uploaded Dungeon of the Endless. Was that last? That was last week. Yeah. That was last week, not last podcast. So <laughs> that's still good. I was trying to remember when that happened. I haven't uploaded another Opus Magnum yet, but I'm getting there. I'll actually remember to do it, and then that will happen. Uh, Machines V3. It go up next week. <laughs> yes, the first part of that. Yes. The, should, first, the first second part yeah the, the 1.5 part <laughs> I should start making videos you should, you should, give you should just join us on some of them sometimes how about that I could do that three, three people bitching about a weird ass game yep you I should still, play V3 with us I still think it would be hilarious to record a CSGO game with one of you on it oh god no <laughs> that'd be so funny it'd be embarrassing <laughs> shut this down yeah shut this podcast off so anyway you know look at the YouTube go to our website all that good stuff and next episode of the podcast, I guess, is Game of the Year, where Dan will be back and we'll talk extensively about Mario and Zelda, mainly. <laughs> Woo! All right, then. Bye, Internet. <laughs> <laughs>